Ron and Fez show starts right now.
Hey, let's get down to it, Bopper. Oh, buddies. Buddies, it's the Ron Fez Show. Little Bob Marley. Uh, the documentary on Bob Marley. Uh, Higgs turned me on to this, what, a couple months ago? Yeah, right around, around that time, yeah. Uh, it's coming out next week, 420, y'all. 420. But at the same time that it's in the theaters, you can do it like a download on Facebook. Yeah, you can stream it on Facebook, and it's on demand. All that. Oh, it's on the same day. Everyone can go see this thing. It's... I'm telling you, the weird thing is Louis C.K., once he set that thing, everybody's going, really? It's that easy? People are on the internet, huh? So... <laughs> they have money. And if I was, you know, one of the biggest problems of, for everybody, whether it's music, TV, movies, books, has always been distribution. How do you distribute product? And always a big part of the, the money has always gone to that. So if people get around to starting to make that profitable where they go directly to the comedian or, you know, recording artist, filmmaker, whatever it happens to be, uh, it'll be incredibly interesting. But this, uh, and I had thought up to this point I'd seen everything there was on Bob Marley. Yeah. Uh, but there is so much footage, so much concert footage, so much crazy... At home footage. Oh man, it's jamming awesome. footage, fucking getting stone footage. <laughs> it was a two hour and forty seven minute. That's crazy documentary. And I'm not even kidding you. You just like felt like you scraped it. But what you kind of forget with Bob Marley is like it's almost like his music is like Christmas. Like you kind of take it for granted. Oh yeah. And you don't listen to it. But then to go back and watch how it was put together and how quickly, you know, that all happened, and um. About the same time that the Beatles were together, which is another, or the Doors, nuts. or any of those bands, where it's within a five, six year period, and all the songs just keep rolling out, and then, of course, the, yeah. you know, ending of his life, which is always the strangest thing. Yeah, it's, you know, ridiculously premature, or whatever, because, well, he didn't go to a doctor, I don't know. Do you know what's really weird about the whole story, is for a while, he lived only about... 10 miles away from where I was, where I was born, and he was working in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, I think he was working at the auto plant there. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. And I'd always heard that. Like, they were like, you know, Bob Marley used to work here. I'm like, yeah, sure he did. And okay. That fucking... But this is like pre-Rasta, the whole thing. Anyway, uh, that playlist is up. We're actually doing a big Jamaican uh, playlist. And... Um, the fact of the matter is you can see this documentary next week as well as you should. Okay, it is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, a lot of buzz here today because O and A had Ricky Gervais in. And again, you always find out who's like really... Like we get a lot of celebrities through here. Mm -hmm. But um, then there's some guys that like really stand out. Yeah, and that, So like I'm coming down the hall and people are like... Joe Gervais was here, and I'm like, yeah, he's done O and A a lot of times now. <laughs> but the fucking halls are like, bu literally buzzing. I know. People, everyone's just like, kind of standing off, trying to look at him. In the same way, when uh, you know Ronnie Wood was the other yeah, day, same way, yeah. They people feel that way about Gervais. Um, and Topanga from Boy Meets World. <laughs> Topanga caused he's in that a, fucking realm. A crazy, I'll say, thirty year old guy, fucking thing. <laughs> 
And uh, they were lined up for Topanga. All right, yesterday there was some fucking boy band in here. And you know what? I'm going to pull the fucking curtain back. That's what I'm going to do. Finally. So, and I'm sitting there with, uh, uh, I was actually in the hall with E-Rock, Roland, and Sam. And we were just talking about different... Actually, what we were talking about is I wonder why this place isn't more fun. Because we get to do a lot of stuff here. Why do people bitch? So then they all look up and go, Here comes the star fucker, blah, blah, blah. They start bad-mouthing. So mm. I look around, and it's uh, Jennifer whatever, right? Yeah. So she's coming along with some boy band that none of us have ever heard of before. I had no idea who the hell was. So she, rushing to them, she's still wearing her big kiss boots... Yeah. which is like almost every day for a year now, and some kind of horrid space leotard. It looks like a leotard from space. And the Milky Way was on her thighs. Yeah. So even Roland and E-Rock are going, I can't believe how much she bothers. But, you know, these guys are picture takers, mm -hmm. and oh, they're yeah. disgusted by her wanting to be in every picture. So the leotard that she wears, I'm going to try to be as as comfortable as I can here. Right. It's far too tight. It's tight enough she could be going to the gynecologist and not have to take off her leotard. Oh, boy. So the boys uh, kind of comment on that. All right. And she's like, you know, she goes into her, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and, um... I'm anti-Calto. I'm anti-Calto. And fucking Sam goes, that's what your nieces and nephews call you. <laughs> now, Sam doesn't have a Sam quotes or a Sam line of the day. But if there were such a thing, and even if it only gets set up so it's one line and that's all he ever gets and off. And just ever shut it down. The speed of that line. I know it's your laugh if Fez wouldn't even fucking sell for Sam. You would not even give up a laugh. And that was a great fucking line. Now, I don't know what's going on with Watley. We're back in the gray eyes. But three times today, he's ignored me. Oh, uh, Fez. And then dubs. twice he said, what is it, buddy? So he's very, very foggy. But he would not sell the Sam line. Oh, come on. It was good. It was fucking lightning. Um... We'll take a, uh, let's, I'll tell you what we're going to jump into right away on the iBang. And this, I guess, is something that a woman did about, um, someone writes in, I can't believe you know the word leotard. What I think that is, is like a little kid's word. That's when I last knew it, when little girls, when you're like second or third grade, and they would say that I have a rip in my leotards. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, actually, my first big line like that, too, I'm in third grade, and a girl said, to the teacher, I have a hole in my leotard, and I say the line, all girls have holes in their leotard. <laughs> Bang, mouth, pop, 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 <laughs> where they would do the punching in the ears. They wouldn't punch you, but there would be the hard slap. Slapping. The slap into the ear holes, oh. what would give you the pop? The fuck? Um, all right. Um, so... This piece is up called Nude in New York that this performance artist did. Now, the interesting thing is she's out in public nude, which I think a lot of people have, um, you know, nightmares about such things, that they're walking down the street and naked. Yeah, it's, it's, hard, it's a glorified person. Now, the interesting thing is, too, 
number one, it doesn't come across as if anybody cares. And she's since she's comfortable with it, you kind of don't react to it. But two, it's not exactly sexual. It's kind of funny. We talked about it the other day when we were saying you don't like to just start off with a nude picture. You'd like to see the girl in clothes first. Uh, there is a casual nudity that come that can come across as non-sexual. When you see her uh, in a little bodega buying fucking cigarettes for herself. Well, I like the fucking one where she's just buying a pretzel from the pretzel stand. And nobody's reacting like it's a big deal. And do you agree like this is not the type of thing that you would see in a magazine? It's not exactly sexual. It lets no, you know that we could, we probably could get away without clothes and no one would give a shit. People would freak out. Well, this one, Actually. it looks more like she's like on an airplane. Oh, yeah, it's definitely an airplane. Yeah, or possibly a bus. No, it's an airplane. Yeah, I, I, it's not a train. It's an airplane. I don't know how she fucking pulled that one off, though. It looks like she waited till everybody left the plane. Got a nice neck pillow on there. Keep yourself comfortable. Um, let's go over here to Adam in Boston. You're in Manifest. Hey, Ronnie, I'm just thinking that Fezzi didn't go with, with the camel toe line, the anti-camel toe line, because it hits a little too close to home. Don't you think that's maybe what his nieces and nephews call him? I don't know where Fez's head is today. This is two days in a row. Have you changed your medications, Fez? I had to change again, yeah. You're very foggy. You're very, very foggy last couple days. It's not even like he's emotional. It's, um, it's somewhat... Like robotic? Distant, yeah. All right, robotic is a nice way of looking at it. Like, people are always wondering, what's it going to be like when we have robots? I now you know. That. Still no word if there's been a Sam's line of the day, and I feel bad for him, if not. Come on, one and done, at the very least, Jesus. It'll Maybe you could use Ronnie B quotes for a day. Maybe just one day we could just say, all right, Sam gets a line on there. One. Not that I like go around fucking sharing Ronnie B quotes. You shouldn't. It's the only Twitter account that really makes me laugh out loud where I'll just go, holy shit, that's a fucking funny line. It's good stuff. What do you think, Foggy? Oh, yes, very much. Thank you. Uh, very formal Fez Watley in here with us today. <laughs> he's, uh, he's foggy and formal. It's the way I would actually even think of London. If people ask me to compare London and Fez, I would say both are very foggy and formal. And they call the subway underground. I thought they called it the tube. Well, it's the underground, right? That's like the fuck everybody has a t-shirt says underground on it. Well, what do they call the tube? Just the train or that? I thought the tube was that fucking tunnel between France and Britain. Channel. Oh, it's a channel? Yeah. That is a channel. Now, Foggy's trying to act like he's looking stuff up on the internet, which is always funny, because he's the slowest home row person. Like, there's a lot of people when you just fucking pick at it that they're slow, but Fez does the home row, but incredibly slowly. That's all right. You'll fucking 
slide in there. You don't even know what you're saying either. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday with the wheels up. It's actually Friday the 13th. Yeah, it is. And I know that because someone fell out of the elevator in between. <gasps> they were getting out of the elevator and they slid in the area and they went straight down. Now, don't worry, it was only three floors. <sighs> That's still plenty. That's still plenty. Oh, they probably were all right then. It's the whole experience. I could be on the ground floor and that happens. And I, uh, all right, Fuckles, now I'm understanding that you're up late at night. Is that true? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sleeping much. What's the problem? Meds again? I think it is the meds that just give me like a... Uh, Shits? A, a just can't sleep thing. You're shitting a lot? Yeah, he's up to fucking... He's just constant shitting. It must hurt your asshole. Just the wiping. Because you haven't commented on the nude in New York. I thought that you would give us that perspective. See, yeah, because to me, this isn't sexual at all. I well, totally agree. A woman. Yeah. But I what I'm saying is, don't when you look at these pictures, don't you think that we could get by without clothes? It, to me, looking at these pictures, I would think now we would get used to it so fast of just nude people walking around. All right, let's go over here to Phil. Phil, you're, uh, Phil you are... On the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, the uh, the name Tube is like the nickname or slang name for the underground. Yeah. Well, why isn't the underground the nickname? I like the underground better than the Tube. Going underground. I don't like the idea of being in a Tube, but it's too hamsterish. No. Fuck that. Everything gonna be alright. It's a great song. You're a big Marley fan, huh, Stenny? Yeah. I haven't listened to it in a long time. College? But, yeah, basically it's college. When you used to have that big Marley fucking poster. <laughs> Hell yeah, dog. Look, he's just smoking a giant <laughs> joint, dude. Let's like us. It's all fucking Marley, fish, and sublime for you in college. Oh, fuck it? yeah. 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 Some doors. Throw some doors in there. And some Beatles. You know, there really is something to daytime partying that <laughs> you forget as you become an adult. But the idea of... I'm going to blow something off and sit here and get fucked up with some friends. As soon as I've woken up. So it's so much better than anything else. Yeah, the spontaneity of just saying, fuck it. Yeah. And then now it's on. Let's go cop, get some shit, get some fucking booze, go on a run, and then we'll just fucking just fuck the day away. Um, isn't it funny, too, that like, all right, when you're doing that, and then your friend like leaves in the morning... In, either goes to school or work and comes back and you've been sitting there getting fucked up and then they're like telling you like you missed something important or whatever <laughs> it always feels like th at that point they haven't been gone that long and uh, you could have easily done it I could have yeah. I could have gotten taken care of my responsibilities, but when the responsibilities are in front of you it doesn't seem like an option oh fuck that no it's not gonna happen and it's always nice to see them come back, and then you fucking uh, bust their balls about not getting fucked up with you all day long. Yeah, then you make them feel bad about themselves. Now, you had a very big thing uh, that I guess is the big story, and it's up on the iBank today, and that's the kids um, sipping out of the cock drink holders, <laughs> I guess. It's a <laughs> cock bottle of some type. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, like a, fuck, like a water bottle, but in yeah. the shape of a penis. Veiny cock. Now, and it's giant. It's almost like they're sucking out of elephant dick. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's a big fat cock. Now, who are these little kids and why are they doing this? It's a scene from the TV, new TV show on HBO called Angry Boys. I haven't seen it. 
this article people brought my written, attention yeah, to it. People have written to me about Angry Boys. Yeah, and this is this is a scene from the movie of the from the TV show on HBO, and a uh, right wing fucking something something called the Culture and Media Institute that I have no idea what the fuck it is. Three guys in their fucking basement. <laughs> They they're outraged. They're fucking outraged. Right. They're sending out fucking press releases about how this small Asian child is sipping out of a cock holder. Drink. Yeah, but here's the thing: it's not like kids are actually buying these, no. or this has become like something that a lot of kids are doing. This was put into a TV show because it's so outrageous. It's a fucking gag, right? And the point is always this too, and it's really hard to. I know we want to protect the children, but. It is not a penis. It is a big plastic thing. What does it matter what it's shaped like? It's still a holder. It's like it was made like that. Like someone right. could, like a dude or woman, or whatever, an adult could fucking buy one. It's fucking a gag gift. I was watching. Uh, I remember. Remember when they started shutting down head shops? Uh, you might have been uh, too young. But when I was younger, there used to be head shops everywhere. And then they started to act like that they were dangerous. And the reason why people. Uh, would be able to do this is because they had found you know these head shops and that's why they were getting high but somebody they had it was like a pistol that you put a joint in oh, yeah. and you, you shot fucking dope out <laughs> and you know then you're fucking using it to get like a shotgun from yeah and so they have it on the show with the guy who owns the head shop and he's trying to sp explain hey dude it's just an adult toy it doesn't <laughs> It's not, and they had it in their head. What if a kid got this? And they were like, "Well, he'd have to have the joint too." Yeah, he just you know I mean? get the like, fucking drugs. There's like the pot doesn't fucking come in this little fucking ray gun. Just a piece of plastic or whatever. And it was, it was like a space gun, like a ray gun. All right. And then you would shoot it, and like as soon as I'm watching on TV, I'm like, "Fuck, I wish I had one." I just cool. sit there and get myself shotguns all day. And then I'm like, "No, I'm not gonna waste dope." Um. Let's go over to uh, Jeff here, Massachusetts, uh, online one. I'm going to have to oh. beg Hans Benanz Hans Benanz, to fucking take his thumb off that. Thanks, Hans. Hi, uh, Jeff. How are you? Hey, guys. Yeah, Angry Boys is actually very funny, but the whole context around that is that Asian skateboarder kid, his mother is an overbearing manager, uh -huh. and to make him more popular, she marketed him as gay, so all his merchandise is shaped like that. All right, so that is, that's what the joke is. The joke is we're going to pretend that he's gay, he has this kind of merchandise, and why does the little girl get a hold of the cock sippy cup? Oh, no. That's what we need to find out next. Why is she sipping out of that dick? <laughs> uh, coming up later on in the show, um, Talking Heads. There's a brand new uh, DVD that Hicks has also turned me on to. Um, that's been out for, I guess it's been out for a little while now. But a few months, yeah. They're out to uh, promote it. And uh, it's called Chronologically, is that it? Chronology. Chronology. And... Uh, We'll have them stop by here, talk about it at the end of the show, and maybe play a little Talking Heads music. Fuck yeah. That's the shit right there. You love the Heads. Amazing. An amazing band. They're one of your all-time favorite bands, and this is one of those bands you've never seen. Never seen them live, and watching... That's why this DVD's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's because it's all their... It's a shitload of live fucking cuts, and just live footage of them you know, performing from the earliest days till... This is like almost embarrassing, but the first time I saw Talking Heads 
And it was like when they were the small little fucking tight unit before yeah. they got bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> Uh, but everybody was pogoing. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, let's all pogo. And I'm like, no, it's fucking exhausting. <laughs> for the entire fucking set? Yeah, some guys fucking pogoed for two hours. Fuck, I can't do it. I don't have the fucking cabs. Um, <laughs> but that'll be great to talk to them. That's coming up a little later on in the show. Great, great band. Seriously, one of the great, greatest bands of all time. They're Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, too. Uh, up on the iBank today, we've got the faces uh, up there, as well as on the Interabang, you can find five kind of starter songs for people who are asking about it. One of the listeners put that together. Here's five videos that you could get into the faces with. Good taste. But um, here's the, you know, the fucking cool thing about it is, Back to back, we're getting these fucking cool bands stomping by, and we don't even play music on our show. It's fucking awesome. In the meantime, there's fucking rock stations out there that neither one of these guys would walk into. That's the weird deal. So, fuck you. Uh, Joe, Brooklyn, you're on my Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. How are you? I just wanted to say, you know, when, when we're just in like middle... Fez into a chair and then stumbled out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Joe, I just got to tell you. So, Fez just gets up from his little computer area, smashes into a chair... And then stumbles out the door <laughs> while he's like pulling his hair back. Haggardly. I don't know what's going on with him anymore. Maybe he's back on the sauce. He may be, but whatever it is, he's not open to discussing it. <laughs> you know, that you get these weird, you know, stories like if you start to pull it, like if you're like, Fez, you were on a zebra yesterday, he'll be like, yeah, I was up on top of a zebra. So you can see that he's just going along with whatever needs to be said. <laughs> just getting through it. Yeah. Remember yesterday after the show, he said no really strangely to you? No. 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 What? And we're like, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, <laughs> the word no just sounds weird. And Hicks is like, don't even fucking get me thinking words are weird. Because then we'll all fucking start fucking losing our shit, going down a I fucking know. rabbit hole. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is act like certain sounds are odd. Like, why do we do that? <laughs> anyway, Joe, what can we do for you? Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, when we're all, we're all kids, especially around middle school, you really start getting fucked with by your friends. Now that all these kids are on the internet, you know, they're going to find these pictures of these kids. How bad do you think that is? We could get made fun of for the dumbest thing, like tripping. These kids are sick of sipping on cocks. You know, they're going to get fucking brutalized. Yeah, but the thing is, and like Hicks knows this a little more, people don't seem like they give a fuck what's on the internet these days. Like these girls, they'll be fucking naked pictures of them on the internet, and they don't care. There's an overload of that shit at right. this point. And like you just said, no one gives a fuck. Yeah, it's on the internet. Well, but, uh, if you're fucking busting someone's balls or something... You'll probably get a day or two of it. Yeah, and that person who's busting your balls probably has something out there that they can get their fucking right. balls busted over. Right. So it's... If anything, Eastside Dave taught us that no matter what you do, it gets forgotten. <laughs> it just does. And Dave was seriously such a fucking great teacher of that. Yeah. From just, the shit-throwing stuff. Oh, yeah. That was when I was first an intern. That was that, that's when that fucking all went down. And I was like, Dave, you want people to take you seriously? You know, you shouldn't do that. And then I'm like, well, wait, no one's really after after a couple of days of people being obsessed with it, then they dropped it. And it's gone. I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. I guess mm. whatever. All right, hold on. Chris has a spy report for us. 
Hey, what's up, guys? Um, NASA discovered some kind of structure on Mars that's either an alien building or the greatest marketing campaign for Prometheus. All right. Uh, Jerry from Mars, if he ends up being completely correct about this, um, it'll be unbelievable because he's always said there's been life on Mars. Have you seen this picture yet? Hicks? No, I have not. All right. Chris, do me a favor. Yeah. Uh, if you're near a computer, send that to the editor at the iBang. We'll try to get up there, and we'll take a look at it, okay? You got it. All right, thanks. All right. Uh, Finally. Very crazy. Finally. If there's, there's an IHOP on Mars. Shit. I know their franchise fucking went on for so long. Fez hasn't come back yet. Maybe he's run screaming down the hallway. <laughs> it's finally come undone. It's really just gone. I think I prefer him um, when he is like amped up more than when he gets foggy like this. Oh, he's juiced yet. Yeah, it's 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 more fun. All right. Is this happening? Uh -huh. Mm-hmm. How long? Right now. All right. This is very very cool. Uh, and that's why I would have liked to know him before the fact. But um, we are going to be talking about this brand new documentary, Marley. It comes out in theaters and on demand Friday, April 20th. And then it also streams on Facebook at facebook.com slash Bob Marley. But uh, coming in to talk with us... Um, and his Twitter account is at Ziggy Marley. It's the son of Bob Marley, um, who is also, I believe, one of the producers of this um, to talk about his father, Bob Marley. Let's bring in Ziggy Marley. You stand up for your right. 
comes out in theaters on demand Friday, April 20th. Also, it streams at facebook.com uh, slash Bob Marley. Ziggy Marley is here with us today, uh, one of the producers of this documentary, as well as the son of Bob Marley. Nice to see you, Ziggy. Come on, thanks. Uh, congratulations on this. I was stunned to see the amount of footage that I'd never seen before. Uh, so much stuff that I guess has been sitting in vaults for years. Yeah, so much, I mean, it, it's funny because during this process, I mean, you find that everybody has something about Marley. Yeah. Everybody's like, some guy in, you know, way over there is like, hey, I got a piece of footage and you get so much people with, 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 with snippets and pieces about that. You wonder how, how all of this stuff got out and you wonder, Oh, you never think that there was a camera there during that time, but there's so much things out there, and it's so accessible with the internet now. We can yeah. find people, and people find us. You know. Well, the uh, the other great thing is that we've known this music for so long, and it's such a part of the culture now. To go back and watch it being put together, to see it actually happening, and to see like. Oh my God, that's right. This all happened in a very short period of time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, for make, making this film and being a part of it, it you know, it something keeps coming back to my mind is how young my father was when he yes. passed away. It just like I kind of really realize that now. Like he was so young, you know, but he he, had, he went through so much um, from from the beginning and and up until the end. And the movie really, I think, for me. It was an emotional thing to watch. Mm -hmm. um, the first cut we saw was so emotional because some of the things I've never, I, I wasn't um, aware of, especially his time in Germany when he was sick. Yes, uh, you know we weren't we weren't aware of all the stuff that was happening there. So it was very emotional for us to watch that. Yeah, there was so much emotional stuff because there was so much chaos around him, political upheaval taking place, and. Uh, that, that that he was becoming famous in a place that never really had people that were famous before <laughs> coming out of it. So the extreme fame that he had and the fact that he was so casual and people were coming in and out, uh, that in the middle of this storm, this beautiful music just keeps being created over and over. It's stunning. Yeah, I mean... 
you know, his, his whole life and, and everything that he went through from the fact that he was of mixed race, you know, mm-hmm. a white father, black mother, and what and, and, and the fact that he got some um some some negativity when he went to Kingston because of that fact. Yeah. Those are things I didn't know either and those are things that that kinda works inside of a person and however they, however he worked that out. Yeah. Made him made, made, was a part of his creativity. Was a part of why he became who he was and why he was saying the things he was saying. And so, I mean, all all the things that was happening around him was was just um, a part of his inspiration. And and you get to see, you get in the film, you get to see why he sung about what 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 he sung about and where it's where it's coming from and the, and some of the meaning behind it mm-hmm. the fact that he could be so all inclusive had a lot to do with the fact that he was excluded and that we never think of we think of prejudice as white people's you right, know right. sin but here black people were saying no what are you doing here and we're not used to seeing that at all that's um, exactly that was a surprise for me and then to see the way that he was welcomed in England where they had a love for him at the same time he shows up in Africa and there is a love for him and the fact of it it isn't just music even though the music music is fantastic but it's also social it's Mm -hmm. political and it's spiritual Mm -hmm. you know the Rolling Stones have never had to deal with that the Beatles never had to deal with that even Dylan I don't think dealt with that Bob had to bring all these things together all the time yeah, and and throughout, I mean, wherever we, I travel in the world, he is he's an influence there. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he's the only artist I know that has that has that wide right wide reach to every. It don't matter where you go. Every I don't know any I don't know any other artist in the world ever. You know that has that reach. I, yeah, I, I have no idea who that. He's the only one I know. And it's one thing, I guess, for you to see him as this artist, but then to see him as your father, and to know that this was a path that your father uh, walked. Um, yeah. Most of us have a strange relationship with our fathers as it is, but we never have to deal with Bob Marley's shadow. You know, <laughs> that's gigantic. To, you know, I'm, I'm sure people expect you to figure out some of these things, but it's got to be you know that same artistic mystery to you as it is to us. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, growing up with my father, um, we never. It was never portrayed to us that he was. Anything more than the, a musician, mm-hmm. um, a social activist, because we saw what was happening around him. Um, but he was—I mean, he was never the icon he is now, obviously. Right. So it was much different. And in my early years, even after he passed away, I think we we were isolated from this this shadow. We mm-hmm. we weren't we weren't um, we, we were living in Jamaica and. It's a it's a different world there than it is here. Mm-hmm. It, you know the, the 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 idea of superstardom and the pop culture phenomenon is not as big there as it is here. So the shadow wasn't as 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 predominant. But after high school, I started to realize this idea of this shadow and what mm-hmm. it and what, and what it was. And then when I when I sort of became comfortable with with it and with my father and my place. In his world, yeah, um, 
you know, I was happy. I was happy. And part of being, part of doing this project and being a part of it as his eldest son was me um, kind of wanting to, to make sure that my, 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 my vision or my, my, um, how I see my father is represented. Not just how somebody who didn't know him is writing a book or yeah. some friend of his, but from, from, from the blood. Yes. You know, we, I mean, I, I, I know my father from blood. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So this documentary is, is an opportunity for me to instill that blood knowledge yeah. into, into, into the wider knowledge of how people see Bob. Yeah, because you, we can just put him on a pedestal and he's a legend, but the really interesting thing is, is that he was a man, yeah. that he was a person, that he was an artist, and that this music, uh, flowed through him and it was being played, it looks like constantly throughout your childhood. It was just around the clock. Yeah, it was. I don't know, he was, uh, you know, when I was young, he was, he, as I said, I realized how young he was when he passed away. But when I was young, he was like a big man. Yeah. It's like, he was an old man, you know. Mm-hmm. But when I know that I'm old, I, I realized he, he's, he wasn't that old. And, but he kept, I don't know what it was, but he it never, as you said, music never stopped. He was singing all the time, playing the guitar. I don't know if, I don't know if people like this know no, they have a short time or what? Right. But, uh, yeah. But he was. It was a continuous, non-stop thing going on with him. Yeah, it makes you wonder uh, that if there was some fate to that, that yeah. whether there was some kind of I've got to live more life than most people. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. In that short period, yeah, it 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 was very um you know very very interesting. Now that I, I can look back at it in that way. Yeah, you know, and because of the film, I can kind of look back and say, "Why, you know?" And now I look because we had to learn so much of what we own in terms of photographs and footage. My walls were pissed with with my father's footage, and I and I kind of looked at him. I was looking at the photos, and I kind of looked at him different than than I would normally do if I didn't have this opportunity to be so surrounded by him. Yeah, you know. So it, in a way, I feel sad. I feel. You know, we I feel sorry, sorry that he was so young. I feel kind of upset that. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish I was, I wish I could have been a man at that point and been around. Yeah. To kind of, you know, protect him or whatever. You know, but yeah, you know, that's how it is. It really does feel like, particularly after you go through this whole documentary and this whole thing, it really did just feel like he was taken from us. You know, uh, from the the people that were just embracing it here in the states they were just embracing it so much but i was uh telling uh some of the guys here that i when he moved to wilmington delaware i don't i was born right in that area so i know that area and still to this day i can't picture bob marley working there and that was almost uh him going in a direction yeah of just being a normal guy just being a regular guy working at the auto plant yeah we we actually i went to school in wilmington for for a couple years yeah that it yeah that was a really different environment and i mean you know i think at that point when he did go to wilmington delaware i think he was thinking about you know he had kids and family Mm -hmm. and i think the music thing wasn't 
wasn't you right. know, developing how he wanted it to develop and they were being he was being taken advantage of and not being paid properly by the producers and the, and the labels because one of his biggest thing I know when I was growing up um, was that he wanted to be independent yeah the idea of being independent and owning your own music was a big thing to him um, so you know he, he was a kind of pioneer in Jamaica w- with that idea of um, being independent and that also um, comes from the, the fact that um, he was he was looking at Africa also and, and the struggles in Africa for independence yeah so this idea of independence was 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 um, a broad uh, was, was a broad broad focus individually as well as world worldwide you know and what a thing that an artist now has to pick up of here here's poverty uh, most artists don't ever have to deal with it uh, Bono from U2 goes out uh, and does stuff but people don't come to him the way they were to Bob because oh, yeah. people were saying you know you look like us you come from where we have come from what can you do to help us and you see him in the film he's just <laughs> doesn't you know with money he's just handing it out to see whatever difference he can make it's phenomenal to see yeah Bob I mean Bob was a people person yeah um, no matter where he went, you know, no matter not only in Jamaica but wherever he traveled, he was a pe- pe- he attracted people to him. Mm-hmm. People would come to him, and he would we, there would be talks throughout the night till the morning. People would be around talking and and you know smoking herb and playing music. It was just a lot of activity, and also I mean, in in the political system in Jamaica, Bob actually became a threat to yes. to the establishment because he was so powerful. As an artist, and at the time, um, at the time, the the political climate was so um, so so volatile because mm-hmm. Jamaica, there was Cuba and the influence of Russia and Cuba being communist, and America wanting to make sure that the, that region didn't become all pro Russia. Right. Jamaica became a very important part in that political game. And 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 that was that was what kind of the the, cli- the climax of that for my father was people trying to kill him. Yeah. Because of, of his message. And even after the the one love peace concert where he brought together these two political factions, that was a wake up call to them that oh who's this guy? Who's this artist, this musician, this Rasta this Rasta dude that's that is so powerful that you could bring two of the most hated enemies together. This is, that's a problem. Yeah, that scares people. Yeah, that's that a problem. Scares yeah. people in control, particularly. I mean, you wouldn't think that just the the message of love and acceptance is scary, but it is to political people <laughs> yeah. because there is a lot of money to be made by keeping people apart. <laughs> that's right. That's, you know, that's right. The division. Uh, I think also one of the reasons why you can that this is a good age for you to put this documentary out is because you have your own achievements, you've had your own music, and you stand on your own. But to look at Bob Marley as a musician, at what point did you think it, it kicked in where he became something special? And can you look at that and say, this is, this is where it all started to happen? You know, wh- you know, when I think it really started to happen was when he started to um, get into spiritually, get into the, the, what, what is called Rastafari culture. Mm-hmm. But because that gave it a different purpose 
that gave it a purpose beyond hey, I need to make a living. It gave it uh, he he it gave him a mission and in 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 the film it shows that he didn't know his father mm-hmm. he didn't have a father and that in the in the Rasta culture Hill Celestia is 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 God is the King of Kings and this 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 person became his father his God became his father and he was and and once him realizes he started working for God he started working for his father. And that just gave him that drive and, and that gave him inspiration to, to, to write all the songs and that gave him some 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 sort of magnetism with, with that 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 kinda drew as we talk about him drawing people to him. That the, the spiritual element was really the most important element in, in his music and what he believed in his faith. And in his spirituality uh, creativity plays a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So writing is a way of honoring God, and playing music is honoring God, and bringing people is honoring God. This is true because he used to read the Bible a lot. He mm-hmm. was a Bible, a avid Bible reader, and a, a lot of his songs have references that comes from the Old Testament and, and things like that. So, and and his 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 mother, you know, all of my family, his mother, they were church going people, mm-hmm. Christian. Christian, even to this day, um, his mother's sister, they, they have, in William, in Delaware, they, yeah. have, they have churches. Yeah. My, my cousins are, are priests and, and, and pastors. Yeah. So it, it, that, and in, in, in Jamaica, in, in, in the country where he grew up, the, you know, I think probably people would call it superstitious or whatever, but there's that, there's a magic, magical element or that mm-hmm. spiritual element that we, in our culture, um, feel is real and some in other cultures will say oh it's, it's just a superstition but that element that is in Bob means that magic that spirit makes it special and he would take a piece from here and take a piece from there and bring it all together and it became something new open he was open minded he, yeah. he was open minded and I think that was one of the reasons why the group Whalers even got kind of broke up because Bob was much more like willing to go out there into yeah. the world, he wasn't a uh, he wasn't a um, a radical mm-hmm. guy who w- wanted to be a fundamentalist in in the, in his belief that we don't we don't do this we don't go there we don't we don't play in clubs that that they serve pork or we don't yeah this man is a man who want to go out there and 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 spread the message to everyone it doesn't matter you know and that cause I think that cause in in the film you you hear um Bunny. Um, Bonnie, Bonnie Whalers, who was in the Whalers, speak about that element of how how they want how when when they signed to Island and Chris wanted them to play in a club. Bonnie was like, "Do you know who we are? We don't play in those type of places." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Bob wasn't like that. Bob was open to play yeah. for anybody, you know. And then that kind of when you when you step away from it, of like the professionalism of what was happening there, you know that there's a, a set way of doing things, and you could just see him step out where it becomes much more casual, and but in that casual atmosphere, something just gigantic just gets born, and it's really interesting to me, and in, in, as the film goes along, to start to see it in the people. And it was, you know, there's people in England, there's people in Europe, people in Africa, and the the fact that they're being drawn to something that consciously they don't even understand yet. That's the beauty of it, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? true. It was, it was something new. 
it was something that that they they haven't heard or or recognized before, but it had something that was drawing them to it, as you say, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're releasing this in theaters, you're releasing it on demand, and you're releasing it on Facebook at yeah. the same time. So this is a chance for people all over the world to see this on April 20th. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, with with the you know the whole computer and the internet age, um, especially for kids, you know, um, and there's a lot of kids out there who idolize Bob, but mm-hmm. don't really know Bob. Right. This will give them an opportunity to have access to to, to see this film in any any format they want to. Yeah. So that was very important. Yeah, I I, I think it is too that there's so many kids in America that posters on the wall, those albums get played, but to see the man and to see the artist and to see that this isn't coming from high on the mountain that's being brought down. You can watch this music be put together in front of you is the most amazing part of the documentary to me. Mm, that's true. Uh, Ziggy Marley, uh, The Legends of Reggae, will air the first Saturday each month, 12 uh, uh, Eastern Time, and we broadcast the next day, Sunday at 2 p.m. on the joint Sirius XM Channel 42. And again, from Marley, this is a phenomenal... Uh, documentary and you really get your money's worth because it's a nice long documentary <laughs> yeah. from the beginning from when he's a baby from the cradle to the grave the yeah. whole thing is there uh, Marley comes out on theaters and on demand Friday April 20th and Facebook you can stream it there facebook.com slash Bob Marley Ziggy thanks so much for coming man, in thanks for having me it was man. amazing to talk about this yeah, stuff man, I'll see you next time through. All right, you gotta fall you're all alone, man, you're stone, call home. You're all alone, you got a phone, call well, you're stone, call home. in with us that Twitter if you want to be a first responder at Ziggy Marley at Ziggy Marley 
I don't know whether Fez is getting any signed stuff or not here today. Yeah, we got a little something. Oh, we got a little something, something. Yeah, we got a little something. That's right. Well, maybe we'll give that out to a first responder. A little Ziggy signage, huh? Yeah. Like the Ziggy. Good kid. He's really, great. Really nice guy. He's really cool. I like the. I'm trying to put together a band with him and Jacob Dylan. That's my idea for a band right now. And me. And then I would be in it. Oh, fuck yeah. Why not? Yeah. I, I play an instrument. No, I don't even like... I call it the unplugged uh, keyboard, where I just sit there. And I mean, you can't hear it or anything, but I just make like a lot of keyboard faces when I'm fucking playing. Hey, man, you're on fucking stage. You're killing it, right? Looks like I might be playing with the faces Sunday. What? And unlike Guns N' Roses, they've got their lead singer. <laughs> Rod Stewart's going to be there. Uh, oh, he didn't send any open letter to the no. fucking uh, hall? I want nothing to do with this. I demand you don't put me in. <laughs> That's really funny, though. I like when someone fucking goes over the top with their beef. You're drinking your nice Coca-Cola today? Yeah, I'm having a nice Coke. Now, is that instead of a coffee, what you really want is a coffee? Uh, Red Bull. Mm. I had a couple of Red Bulls this morning. That's not good for you, dude. I don't know. It kind of makes you feel good. Do you feel good right now? You feel wired. <laughs> I feel wired. That's Why don't you give right? a couple to Watley? I don't, I don't. I worry about the hard thing. I don't want to give him a fucking tall boy. Yeah, that's a good point. I Red always Bull. forget. I always forget that that's bad for the heart. One of those would just explode in my chest. Where is he at? Now he's over there. He yeah. couldn't be in this room, but now he's fucking over there. <laughs> what are you doing? Running the board, Fuzz? Yep, I'm on the board. Come back in here and let Jonathan do his job. You're just <laughs> fucking driving everyone crazy. Jonathan, get back in there. <laughs> Jonathan, get on the board. <laughs> he demanded. He kicked Sorry me about that. <laughs> I really don't know what's going on with him today. He was in here during the commercial break, and he was in tears. And I'm like, well, why don't you just take it easy for a moment? And then I see that he went over and pushed you out of your place. He bullied, Stop being he nutsy, Watley. Stop being nutsy. He's going everywhere with the clipboard now, though, which I... Maybe that's going to be helpful. I don't know. Clipboard lets you clip shit to it, and then it reminds you to do things. It does, it does remind you to do shit. It's like, oh, shit, that's my clipboard. I got to do that. So was that your buddy with Ziggy Marley today? Oh, uh, yeah. That, the yeah. guy with the uh, large bag. Yeah. <laughs> you're friends with the people. You're friends with the guys behind the guys. Yeah. Yeah, the people that handle them, yeah. That's the best people. Yeah, because they, they're, they're the key holders. Yeah, and we found that out from... The other day, when uh, Woodsy, I call him Woody or Woodsy now. Oh, wow. Uh, Ronnie Wood was explaining to us that all these guys have been with the bands, taking care of the bands for like 40 years now. Yeah, and that's They're what, all the dudes. They're the guys they trust and yeah. the fucking guys they listen to and they deal with every single day. Now, one of the people going in, and we have it uh, up on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, is Tom Dowd. Go over and check out some of the work that he's done. It's up on the eye, on the eye bank today, but he's definitely the guy behind the guy who's behind the guy in the music. Have we put that up yet? Oops, that'll be coming up in just a little bit. All right, it's the Ron and Fez show. It's a Friday, Friday the thirteenth. A bad luck day, and that's another thing I'm worried about with Fez. Is this part of his? superstition uh here's a piece up on the iBank today about a guy quitting jobs that he doesn't have and he just goes into stores 
and lets them know that he can't take it anymore. The stress has got to him, even though he hasn't worked there. And some of the folks will say, could you, could you stay? Could you give us a couple weeks more? <laughs> and other people point out, but dude, you don't even work here at all. It's very, very funny stuff. See, I used to do a thing of going on job interviews for um, that I didn't want. Just to see what's good? Yeah, and this is like, I didn't even have like a camera or anything. I think it would be funny. So I'd go into a place, and you'd like, be wearing a cutoff. Or, and I'd have like a fucking three pack, like I already fucking hit the other three, <laughs> and just go in and just start talking to them and shit. And it's amazing how people, like, you know how you're nervous during a job interview? Sure. If you decide to be the other guy then, and take some fucking control, then it's fucked. Then. And fucking just say to people, no, you don't understand. I'm one of those guys that can drink and do a good job. You know? I'm perfectly fine doing this. Yeah. But I get I, fucked up. But just to fucking, uh, you know, fill out the form as funny as you possibly can. Just fucking just say crazy bullshit on yeah. there. I had a friend that actually his dad set him up for a job. And he was going through a kind of a whacked out period. And he fucking wrote on there, if I taught myself kung fu, I know I can do this job. <laughs> and like, when he told us the story, like, we thought he was joking. And he was like serious. He thought because he could kick really well that he taught himself kung fu. Oh, he could kick a hole in the wall. Fuck. So in his mind, he was a black belt. Well, that's pretty badass. Um, he kind of was like a Kramer. All right. But um, his dad calls him. We're only like nineteen at the time. You know, no one's fucking getting the good jobs yet. And his dad lined him up at this factory with this, and they fucking his dad came back was so pissed off at him. Why are you telling people you taught yourself Kung Fu? Don't you realize that your mom and I look like idiots right now? This Wait. dude did one of the funniest fucking things ever. He went over to this other friend of ours' apartment, right? Yeah. So the guy wasn't home. So he goes, I'll go out and use the apartment pool. It's like fucking 4.30 in the morning. Oh, Jesus. He goes out, goes diving in, lands on a body that was floating on the bottom of the pool. What? So he comes out, he fucking yells and shit like, oh, Jesus Christ, fuck. So he wakes up people in the complex, they call, the cops come in, they hear the story, and fucking lock him up like he fucking drowned a guy in the bottom of the pool. Now here's the weird thing. If you're some fucking whacked out kid, you know, too, too fucking tall, too fucking crazy looking, mm -hmm. and then you try to explain to people, no, I just found a dead body, I didn't fucking you're kill done. anybody. You're done. It takes a long time to get to that point, like before anybody believe you, because they're like, horrifying. "We found the lunatic with the dead body." He obviously killed them. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's that's a nightmare. That's fucking. That's your life's over. And I was explaining to him. I'm like, dude, you're the reason why you're a suspect is because you're so fucking suspicious. Look at you. And it, and he was like saying, "Well, you know, I didn't do this," and I'm like. I'm not 100% that you didn't fucking do it. You probably didn't kill that dude. I mean, you go around bragging to people that you fucking taught yourself kung fu. Maybe you taught yourself to be a fucking CIA hitman, for all I know. And you blocked yourself out. All right, the Tom Dowd is up right now. And go check that out. You'll be digging it in a big, big way. This guy, I believe he worked on the Manhattan Project and was really early on 
of having a lot to do with the music. So he was like an engineer for a lot of great albums and then went and produced a bunch of albums. Um, but just read off a couple of things that he's done. Okay, uh, he's worked with Ray Charles, John Coltrane, Quincy Jones, the Allman Brothers Band, Eric Clapton, N. Cream, The Drifters, Charles Mingus, Willie Nelson, Otis Redding, Wilson Pickett, Dusty Springfield, Rod Stewart. That's just some of the people he's worked with. That is almost the, the fucking fuck? blue centerlight pop right there. We could just take that and use that as fucking blue centerlight pop. Uh, these are the albums that I think that he produced, right? Yeah. Uh, Almond Brothers, Phil Maurice. That should be enough to get you into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Easily. What else? What's next? Uh, Ray Charles, what I'd, say, what I'd Say. Which is probably one of the most famous songs of all time. Derek and the Dominoes, Layla. <laughs> Which means that he brought Dwayne into that, too. Um, Jesus. Right, what do we got next? Dusty Springfield, Dusty in Memphis. You know, Dusty Springfield doesn't get enough fucking heat for everything that happened there. I think people like Buffalo Springfield gets more love than Dusty. I think you're probably right. Way to tie that in. <laughs> I think the Simpsons from Springfield get more love. Laird Skinner, Street Survivors. That's That was your fucking favorite, Street Survivors. That's the one you're always whistling along to. Mm -hmm. South Rise again, huh? <laughs> Trust Will it? Me. Oh, yeah. Was it ever risen the first time? I guess it tried to. Oh. It got shut the fuck down. Aretha Franklin, Lady Soul. Again, if you just did that, you probably should go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Clapton, 40, 461 Ocean Boulevard. Great fucking album. And that's an actual place down in Miami that you can go to. Oh, yeah? Everyone goes down and gets their picture taken in front of it. All right. I just threw up gang signs in front of it. Let them fucking know. No. Not fucking around. Uh, John Goldtrain. Goldtrain. I said, I just called him Goldtrain. John Goldtrain. If you were like part of his posse, <laughs> you'd be like, the Goldtrain is here. <laughs> Goldtrain. It's the Ron and Fez show. Uh,. That sounds like it's a fucking, like you're whining it, like it's an old film strip. Oh, yeah. This and this is the new one that we're supposed to be proud of. Yeah, yeah. This is the scroll mouse there. Is it working better, though? Yeah, it hasn't fucked up in two days, so. Well, Fez said it froze up, but you did not believe that to be true today? No, Fez had trouble logging in. I, I, I got, got locked out of it. I got into it. That's ironic when you think of you being locked out, huh? Locked up and locked out? A lot of locks. I should live at the Pan Panama Canal. What's going on, buddy? Uh, just not a lot of sleep and new medicine. You got the fucking eyes of a wounded badger today. I'm nervous about you. No, I feel physically I feel fine. Just you a know, little shaky. You know that you're on the edge of tears. I hear it in your voice right now. Yeah, just yeah, just mentally and emotionally shaky. Is there something we don't know? N are you holding yeah. something back? What's going on? No. Do you want to say something about Hans Bananas? Was he mean to you? I can hear you ready to fucking cry. Yeah, and I don't know why I'm emotionally on the edge. Something's there. Like, you you feel like crying and you don't even know why? Yeah, that's what's the weird part. I thought coming out of the closet was going to cure all that. It was supposed to.
Even when I get these short answers like that, I know it's going to be a rough one. When it's like, I'm going to give you my answer, but... I, and I know that he knows what's going on. I know he knows what's happening. He's just not going to fucking tell us today. Come on, give us a hint. Um, so you haven't pulled the trigger on the next Unmasked, right? No, have You're not. And I mean, we're doing this in a couple days. What has kept this thing in the chamber? Is uh, that part of what has you yeah, stressed? That, yeah, that has me anxious. Just because... Um, Chris, will you I, take over the uh, unmask for him? Yeah, I'll take this one. All right, let me hear your warm-up. How are you going to do the warm-up? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unmasked. Big guest here today. I want everyone to turn your cell phones <laughs> off. I don't need you to be talking too much. At what time do you push the banners over? <laughs> I will do it in the middle of the interview. 20 minutes in, I will run in and start destroying things and ripping mics out of the wall. Um, that's all my chick's family brings up. Really? Remember when... Oh, not Jesus. the fact that it was an unmasked. Funniest part of the unmasked. Remember when you had to restart it? And I'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh, God. I remember. There was a great interview there, too. Was there? Yes. Um, Tim, you're on the Run and Fez show. <laughs> Fezzy, can you work in some more Panama Canal jokes? Maybe a little Hoover Dam here there? Maybe uh, if I saw your body floating through it. <laughs> oh, Shanson! Dead man. I love it, Fez. Talking. You could be like one of those insult comics. You could be the new queen of mean. Fucking lay it down. Make these people feel like dicks. Lay it down, lay it down. Uh, Matt, you're on the Run of Fez show. How you doing, buddy? Hi, B. How's it going, man? Good, pal. Hey, I just uh, want to let you know you're talking about Rock Hall. I went to uh, the concert, free concert last night for... Uh, the Rock and Roll inductees, and it's got the pleasure of meeting George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic. That is a pleasure. Oh my God, I didn't recognize him though. He shaved his dreads. No. Well, he's been through quite a bit over the yeah. years. Yeah, but it was good, man. He sounded great. Is he Back still walking around wearing a sheet? No, he was wearing a full suit. Nice, nice suit for himself. It looks like a gentleman. He's changed. I don't even think that you've met George Clinton. <laughs> if I have to be totally <laughs> honest here, I wasn't one hundred percent sure it was him until he started singing. So. Uh, who else was part of the show? Uh, there was this uh, band out of Chicago called These Kids Today. I'd never heard of them, but they were really good. Uh, kind of sound a little bit P-Funkish with some rap mixed in there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Kid Cudi from Cleveland. Uh, he's kind of a big thing around here. I'm not a fan myself, but he put on a good show. What's the Kid Cudi sound? I don't know what you want to call it. It's like hip-hop with some rock guitar and then some like dumb right, hip rock. in there. It's kind of hip-rock, kind of a Cleveland... It's almost like a Pretenders, like Chrissy Hine from the Pretenders, wow. mixed with Devo, just fucking, <laughs> just straight uh, fucking uh, Cleveland sound. That's funny you say that. I'm sitting outside Chrissy Hine's restaurant right now, vegetarian. So, why don't you go in there and get yourself a pork chop? Yeah, you know, I'm gonna ask for a bacon wrap pork chop or something. So. All right, guys. Get out. Get a nice vegetarian <laughs> meal, like Craze does. She does. She's fucking old school vegetarian. And she cares about the little things. I can't live like that. 
anymore. She didn't make you. I ain't living like that. You have pork with every meal, though, dude. Is that really (laughs) smart? I think it's a brilliant idea because it tastes good all the time. It never doesn't taste good. What did you have this morning for breakfast? Bacon, egg, and cheese. Did you get an extra one for me? No, there wasn't an extra one. I thought after yesterday's debacle, I'd be included. And I ran. Well, our Rock and Roll Hall of Fame goes down this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. All right, now that you're taking over for Chris, uh, for Fez, Chris. Yeah, yeah. And does that make you feel better, Fez? Um, you got that out of the way? So make your announcement when and where, because I know we're doing an unmasked in just a couple of days. That's right. Next Thursday, six days from now, we're going to be bringing in Mr. Nick Stoller, director and writer of the latest Muppets movies. You're forgetting Sarah Marshall. Get him to the Greek. This guy is fucking hot as fuck right now, and he's one of the Apatow crew. He's one of the guys that, you know, that Apatow's like fucking lieutenants, basically. Yeah, he came from The Undeclared. And Undeclared, yeah, which yeah. was a great fucking show that, you know, got canceled, but it's still a hysterical, awesome show. Now, what is the new one that he's doing? The new one is the five-year engagement with, uh, with Jason Siegel and Emily Blunt. And this thing's opening the Tribeca Film Festival. This is the film opening right. the Tribeca Film Festival. Looks funny. Boy, the world loves this Emily Blunt, too, right? Oh, yeah. They can't get enough of her. And the Jason Siegel also does very well for himself. With the TV show uh, and the movies. So let's go over Nick Stoller's writing credits, directing credits, and let people know who they're going to be coming to see next week. He's, he wrote Fun with Dick and Jane. He directed... Jim Carrey. That's Jim Carrey. Forgetting Sarah Marshall directed... Wrote Yes Man. So it's with Jim Carrey and the Apatow crew. This guy is... That's who I should be hanging out with. That's his fucking career so far. All right, here's my career. The Fez Watley crew and Chris Stanley. That's a fucking problem for me. (laughs) Oh. You don't have a lot of fucking juice, dude. I love you as a person, (laughs) but I can't fucking drop your name anywhere. And then uh, wrote and directed Game to the Greek, which blew the fuck up when that came out. So much so that they fucking, uh, that it was, it was a sequel from The Forgetting Star Marshall. Yeah. People loved it. And then The Muppets, which was gigantic. When that came back. Well, they came, actually brought The Muppets back. Yeah, they brought know? them and back. And that was their idea to do it. Yeah, and people were in love with The Muppets for years. And then it, when that first Here's what I don't understand. Why, when The Muppets come in here, does everybody act like they're going crazy? Like Ronnie Wood and Topanga. Is in that hallway when the Muppets come in, the entire place fucking loses it. But why though? It's not even the original Muppets, right? I mean, I it's, not so. the it's not the. It's not the original voices or puppeteers. No. Right. Right. Yeah. No, but they just they, people see a puppet and they start. Crying. All right, That's so right. Uh, go over to the iBang yeah. for this. Your chance to get tickets. We're going to talk about Hollywood and making movies and maybe. It looks like we can get the audience into uh, a film. Like, that audience will all get to star in a film. Yeah. It looks like. This guy is the fucking, in comedy film, as a writer-director, he's the guy that's, he's the dude. He's coming up. Now, Mike uh, Tyson um, said that he's disappointed that nobody, he's disappointed in us that we haven't shot and killed George Zimmerman. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mike Tyson. So, um, the 
weird fucking thing is that nobody thought that it would be Mike Tyson that would talk everybody down. <laughs> but he's done it. Uh, let's go over here to Jordan. NLA, you're on Run a Fez. Hey, boys. How you going? Good. Uh, yeah, I went I was at the L.A. County Museum of Art the other night, and uh, Nick Stoller was doing a Q&A with uh, Elvis Mitchell after the show. Oh, I love Elvis. Yeah, he, he's an interesting dude. And Jason Siegel was there with one of the producers of the film. Uh, afterwards, they chatted for a while. And uh, Stoller was probably the most interesting of the three guys sitting there. Uh, Jason Siegel is actually kind of surprisingly reserved. Yeah, a lot of actors are like that. Uh, I'm looking for, well, you know, and Stoller is the writer of these things. Yeah. But Elvis Mitchell, I don't know whether I ever told you this story. He invited me out to a cigar bar one night. Nice. And I felt like I was being interviewed. He was just very, he's a really smart guy. We went over my past. Uh, Elvis Mitchell has literally walked away from more great jobs than anyone I've ever seen in my life. Fantastic job, so walk away from. The last thing he was supposed to be was on the um, Ebert's uh, new show, right? Yeah. Or the, when it was there, yeah. Yeah, when that shit to bed, which was smart mode on his part. He bailed. But, I mean, he was the New York Times film critic and walked away from it. How do you walk away from the fucking New York Times? I know, it's crazy, right? What the fuck? He don't give a fuck. He just, he's, he's a maverick. I guess you're right. He's a maverick. He says, fuck you, New York Times. I didn't know he said it like that, though. Liberal fucking rack. I really like the dude, though. He's, He's really great. cool. Uh, let's go over to Mike in Florida. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, a couple weeks ago, the Reason Rally, which was a about 10,000 agnostics and atheists, uh, marched on Washington mm -hmm. and uh, didn't get much press. But I noticed that, that, that uh, Nate Phelps, who is the brother of the Shirley Roper, who you've interviewed many times, mm -hmm. spoke. And uh, he's very uh, easy to listen to. And I thought maybe you could get him on. And uh, I love that when you interview, interview uh, Shirley. Yeah, I like Shirley a lot. Uh, something happened where they got a new PR firm that's kind of cut us off from Shirley. Yeah, I used to have her direct line. Yeah. And then that was disconnected. Whenever, like, if you ever got it back again, she'd just pick up the phone, though. Yeah. I mean, like, she'll be doing the dishes, and we'll give you some crazy shit. Like, hey, Shirley, hi, are the kids there with you today, too? I like people that have faith because nothing can rattle their faith. Like, no amount of logic or fucking points. You can't talk to her. It's just great. <laughs> she don't give a fuck. She's fucking locked in. But I even have friends that are left. Well, you know, I have friends that have faith that nothing could fucking shatter their faith. That's some strong shit. Now, Fezzi, on the other hand, we actually tried to give him stuff on Monday. We had somebody that was connecting him with his dad, and he didn't want to connect. Long Island Medium. I'm sad I missed that. She brought up the fact. She goes, do you have a friend puking and shitting? What? And I go... That could have been anyone. But I was puking and shitting. Yeah, but so were most of the other people I know. Oh, wow. Now, I want to talk to you about one of your crew, okay. and that's Hans Bananz. The Bananz. Yeah, send Mr. Bananz in here. Hans Bananz, get the fuck in here. Hans Bananz. No woman, no cry. 
It's the bananas. He's scurrying. I've never seen a guy run so fast. Is he running fast? I've never seen him run, actually. Well, first of all, Hans, thanks for dressing like Star Trek. Second, <laughs> have a seat. I want you to sit in Ziggy Marley's chair. Oh, my God. Now, what is it that you want to tell me, Hans? Something that perhaps you've been tweeting that's already gotten back to me. <clears throat> that... I just tweeted that Mar- that Marley was that we opened with Marley today. That's all. What else have you been tweeting? What else have I been tweeting? Yeah. Just uh, just talking about Dan mostly. And mm-hmm. uh, Chris, just, would you just friend. read his tweet out to me, if you would? Yes. <laughs> you tweeted hands. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Show's over. Dan says I should have a contest to give away a signed pick. <laughs> Lame. I will just post my FB, I'm assuming Facebook, pick. Don't know when, at the iBang. That's right. No. Oh, at the iBang. I didn't say it at the iBang. Yeah, you did. Yeah, no, you did, Hans. Oh. All right, Hans, when are we going to... Here's what I want to <laughs> do with you. I want to do some kind of photo shoot <laughs> where it's Hans Bananas in New York. Okay. You know, and get the best shots. I didn't know that he had these kind of fans that were asking for signed pictures. <laughs> fucking hands and hands has gotten some fucking heat. Now, which should he be fucking rocking? I mean, today he's got a fucking cool sweater on. Yeah. But I really like to see him in different Ray-Bans. If you would get together with that company and maybe set up a photo shoot. Okay. Yeah. Get a bunch of floor models, put them on there. All right. I can do that. <laughs> All right, you want to do that? Yeah, no problem. All right, I don't know how or when, but we're going to set up a photo shoot with you, Hans, and then we can finally have people stop asking for it. <laughs> so you can tweet that out immediately. Give the fans what they want. Yes, give them what they want. <laughs> Hans, why did you tweet at Dan Perlman just the word dumb? Uh, it was a reply to one of his. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> why? Because All right. It was a concept for a show that I just didn't agree with. <laughs> oh, Hans. What did he say? It was something about a show where he's a neighbor and he says hello to people. Where does Hans Benan see himself in five years? I hope to be on the radio in five years. Where do you see yourself in four and a half years? In four and a half years? Working to get on the radio. (laughs) Three years? Three years, um, probably... Uh, Eleven years. Eleven years. Eleven years, where's Hans Benan's? Eleven years, I have a house with a pool and I'm able to... I don't know. Buy as many things as I want. I won the lottery. Where do you see Hans Bananas in 53 years? 53 years? Yeah. What? I yeah. don't even think that far. I'm no, but if you had to, years? You had yeah. to imagine. If you had to do it. I'd be chilling in Puerto Rico on the beach. Okay, 61 years. What's going to be happening in Hans Bananas' name? 61, still chilling in Puerto Rico on the beach. Probably dead. Lying on the beach. Chilling and dead. Really chilled. <laughs> yeah, were you born in Puerto Rico? Yes, I was. What part? Um, it's called uh, Catalina. Mm. <laughs> it's like about a half an hour away from San Juan. Yeah. You like Rome. You know Aguadilla? No. You, know you don't know that town? No, I don't know that town like fully. Um, mm. I, gr- I grew up mostly in the United States, so stuff like that. My dad's How- military and whatnot. Oh, on what side? Uh, what Who's military? My dad is in the military. What, uh, Puerto, Rican, uh, Puerto Rican Navy? Yeah, right. <laughs> Puerto Rican Navy. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, what are you doing for the Puerto Rican Day Parade this year? I don't know. I'd um, love to get him on his own float. Okay. <laughs> you want to be in a float, Hans? Of course. Where do you see yourself three months from now? Is it in the Puerto Rican Day Parade float? 
Yeah, just just pretty much giving the fans what they want. Do you uh, do you have a check right now? No, I don't. Uh, what would the hands bananas? And he's our intern, by the way. He's part of the Puerto Rican Navy. What radio format do you see yourself? Uh, a basically like a basic radio format where you have three people uh-huh. just like this, but maybe a girl right. <laughs> for one, and then you have two guys. And uh, me and Dan that were actually like joking around about a uh, a show. We'll call it the ins and outs. Oh, I love the idea of that you two like you go from a, a Jewish guy to a Puerto Rican guy, put both of you together. It's Geraldo Rivera. Why don't you call yourselves the sons of Her- of Geraldo Rivera? And that'll be <laughs> that was our second option. Yeah. yeah. Um, mustache? You thinking about it? Uh, big mus- bushy mustache like Geraldo. You should totally do you know, that. No, I see my dad. He used to have a big mustache, and he just looked. Like, as soon as he shaved it off, you look like 20 years younger, so I was like, nah. I'll right, but that's off. why you keep it for a while. Oh, okay. Because it. now you look too young. I look too young. Now I you look, look like a baby who wants to host a radio show. <laughs> that a could baby. be a thing. I could spin that off. Well, yeah, but then a lot of people ra- worried about baby rapers, and it goes <laughs> on and rides. on. Okay, yeah. Hands reminds me of. One of the security guys on Star Trek, you know, one of the guys who like <laughs> the red shirts. Yes, he's going to go in first. <laughs> All right, so you think the big mistake I've made? I don't have a girl on the show. No, I don't think that's the big mistake you've made. I just think that that's the dynamic I'd like to be. But in. maybe that's what I should be thinking about. I'm going to steal your idea. <laughs> put a chick in here. What else? What What else? Um, what else is going to be happening on that show? Like what uh, What would Hands Bananas be talking about on the air? I'd be talking about anything, life in general. I guess mm-hmm. I'd be talking about... Um, statehood for Puerto Rico? <laughs> <talking> about, <laughs> no, I'd be talking about how we don't need statehood. We already have all the benefits. Why do we need statehood? You got a full ride to NYU, right? Uh, yeah. How'd you pull that off? Um, it's a combination of scholarship from NYU and uh, GI Bill from my dad. Ah. It's mostly scholarship from NYU. It's about like thirty-five. Like a, Like a minority thing? Yeah, pretty much. Nice. Being Puerto Rican helps. Yeah, sure it oh, does. It does. <laughs> so, what was your test scores like there? Uh, at, at SATs, high school, yeah. Um, I think I got like a, I got a two thousand altogether. Out of what? Out of twenty four hundred. They have it's out of two thousand now. They put a writing thing, whatever. <laughs> it's weird. So that's considered really strong, huh? Yeah, it's strong enough to get me an NYU. What's your strongest subject? Math and was. You're a full ride there, right? Full fucking ride. Yeah, everything. Dorming, paid for. fucking food. Yeah. Books. <laughs> everything, yes, Fuck. exactly. Rum, whatever you guys have. Oh, of course, oh, I get extra money, yeah. yeah. They say you spend on what you like, wink, wink. Yeah. Switchblades, all the stuff that you need. <laughs> all right, what gang are you in? What Puerto Rican gang are you roll with? I'm in the, uh, I'm in the Cabrones. That's, a, that's my Puerto Rican gang. All right, nice. Yeah. Because you have to have a gang, right? Yeah. For safety reasons. We wear mostly, I mean, usually it's not this. I wear something in gold and whatnot. Nice. All right. All right tomorrow I want you to come in in full gang attire for okay. next, the next show that we do. Uh, and that could be Hands Bananas in New York, the film that we're going to be doing. Okay, the gangster. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you call those guys gangsters or gang bangers? I guess they're, I guess yeah, technically they are gang bangers. What do you consider yourself, G banger? You speak Spanish at all? Uh, not too well. Unfortunately, I've grew up mostly in the United States. What parts? Uh, oh, I was New York. Uh, no, uh, Pensacola, Florida, then mostly Maryland, and then what part of Maryland? 
Um, some small city, thirty minutes south of Baltimore. So they're like, "Hi, hey, look at this Puerto Rican kid. He's really good at math." <laughs> like that? Is that yeah. what your whole life was like? Uh, not exactly, but some. Yeah, there's definitely people like that there. <laughs> um, hold on. Here's Eric. Eric, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys, um, I wanted to ask you about a, a couple new bands and kind of a new um, thing that's going on. I don't guess it's too new, but it's just kind of the electronic influence into stuff that's sounding, you know, eerily similar to some of like the 70s R&B type stuff. Um, <clears throat> there's a, uh, a band called Electric Guest, and they've got a, a song called The Dead I Hold, which is um, kind of interesting, I think. And then there's a, a Belgian guy um, named Gotei, which is G-O-T-Y-E. Have you heard of this guy? Yes, he's the best. He's the absolute best. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, there's it, kind of there's an interesting song um, that's kind of um, top one of the, the most uh, searched songs on Spotify um, called um, "Someone I Used to Know." Some, someone I used to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm, nice. Kind of, kind of blown Since up. This is two thousand. Um, say what? Um, all right, I'm going to talk to Mister Two Thousand about. It. Thanks, Eric. Uh, so, what? Tell me about this thing. On Spotify, someone I used to know. It's just a song about this. He's basically talking about a song, a, a girl that he was dating, and now she barely she pretends like she doesn't know him now that they've broken up or something like that. It's a it's a good song. So it made you cry? Uh, no, it doesn't make me cry. It's just it makes me feel. Uh, <laughs> what? Zeech just came in. He's so excited. <laughs> you can run it down just because hands is on. Dude, I love hands, but <laughs> hey, by the way. Hands is going to be doing a photo shoot. Uh, if you want in on this, if you want to be the photographer, I'm going to be interviewing people. Interviewing people. Throw your hat in the ring. I think I want in. Yeah. Hands been hands unmasked. Uh, we just announced uh, the big Nick Stoller unmasked uh, is well you're really excited about this one huh yeah it's going to be awesome. Uh, I love Nick Stoller. I like all the stuff he does with Jason Siegel and stuff like that. I think it's going to be a good one. Fez has taken himself out of this unmasked. He's gone through a, a a cloudy time, is what you're calling it, right, Fez? Yeah, very cloudy. So it looks like Hicks will be doing the warm up. So <laughs> yeah. now, what? See, when you laugh like that, it keeps him from believing in himself. It makes me feel bad, actually. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I feel bad now. I just know, like, one of Fez's go-to sometimes is like everyone say hi to Pepper. So if Fez isn't there and Pepper's leading the warm-up, I don't know who Pepper's going to tell her when to say hello to. See, I've never seen the warm-up. <laughs> but why don't you go with this? Yeah. Everyone say hi to me. Okay. Hey, everybody, you say hi now. Hi, hi now, Pepper. Hey, Pepper. Hi, guys. How's it going? Welcome to So now. I didn't know that there was a fixed warm-up. <laughs> I think it's go-tos. Yeah, all right. That's great. Sometimes he points at me. And then I look. St I'm normally looking stupid. Mm -hmm. Makes me feel bad, and everyone laughs at me. <laughs> Are you most excited because of the Muppet movie that he did? I did enjoy the Muppet movie, but I also liked, you know, the other films he's worked. You like the rom-commy stuff that he's done. Let me forgetting Sarah Marshall. And forgetting Sarah Marshall was the hit no one expected. Ex yeah, exactly. Anyone to have? And that thing blew up, and it got a sequel. It got everybody. Yeah, and then the sequel was much better. Yeah. Get him to the Greek. Get him to the Greek is fucking hysterical. But what always bothered me about getting to the Greek is Jonah Hill plays a completely different person. I don't have a problem <laughs> with that. I'm a, I, Fez hates the hey, and the, they're in different. They need to be in different universes, or whatever, because he always gets mad. 
at the um, Marvel Comics because Captain America is also the Human Torch. It doesn't bother me because I know the whole thing's fake. <laughs> it <laughs> works. That cracked out rock star, Russell Brand, or whoever he plays in that movie. Oh, Albus Snow, I think. Yeah. Should have been like, hey, you look just like that kid that was annoying me on that resort that one time. And then, time. boom, <laughs> if you would have got that one line, and he goes, that's my twin brother. It's so weird. And then you would have been satisfied. Yes. See, I'm able to do that in my own head. I don't need them. I'll, I'll go, hey, these are all actors. Also, I would have thought it was just a funny narrative anyway if they were just like, that kid got a new job working in the industry and he's, now he does this shit. But it looks like Nick Stoller is going to use the audience in his next film. That's right. The unmasked audience. So if you come to this unmasked, we're going to shoot the audience and it looks pretty good that you will be in a major motion picture. You're going to get a credit for yourself. Yeah. That's what they say in the industry. And that's the way a lot of people get started. Yeah. Once you get that credit, and I don't know whether you get a SAG card with it, but if you do, hands, that'll kick major ass for you. Oh, of course. And that'll help you in your radio career, the ins and outs that you want to do with Dan Perlman. Of course. Dan, you and Dan Perlman together. <laughs> You'll want your headshots done That's why we then. need a girl. If you can't have just two guys to call the ins and outs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like gay's bad, true. right, hands and hands? Well, we could just include a gay guy. You've been with a lot of women, right, hands? I've been with a few, yes. You crush. You've been more, more than a half dozen? Yes. All right, more than 50? <laughs> uh, reaching there. All right, so you're been, you've been between six and 50 women. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. What are you saying? There's oh, no way. Oh, shit. Hands is done very well. Oh, shit. Jonathan, what, are you, what numbers are you saying? Three? Two. 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 Maybe, th maybe three. No. Hands, are you shocked that they <laughs> doubt you? I'm very shocked. This Who's guy's this a guy? fucking pussy magnet. He, <laughs> he crushes box. That's what he fucking does. <laughs> He's a box crusher. He tears that shit out. They can't get enough of it. <laughs> right, Hans? <laughs> so anyway, go over the iBang and sign up for this. This is, might be the most exciting mass we've ever done mainly because we could all end up in a film with this that's you're gonna fucking end up dope with your own imdb page just by showing up i can go and add my uh, voiceover work from game <laughs> as i've been in <laughs> hey stop it hey get your hands off that car at one, I was the bad fireman lighting fires nice i can't remember much more of that How are you doing i that? played a gruff guy such a bad fireman. <laughs> I play rough guys in every single thing I can. I thought Chinese guy was going to make an appearance in a game. They thought it was too racist. <laughs> it's a video game for Christ's sake. And this was the line I gave him my, in my fucking interview. I thought it was good. Hey, why my dick so small? And then I fucking <laughs> stood back, you know, and you're on the other yeah. side of that glass, and you're know, like, I hope they like it. <laughs> and... Uh, just on that side, I just saw the light go out, and I heard the door shut, and that was it. Oh, that's so I'm fucking like, rude. Wait, come back. I can do this guy again. <laughs> Hans, what are the names of the girls you've been with? All 50. Stop All 50. it. Why do you guys got to bust the guy's balls? <laughs> sure. Just give us first names. Okay, uh, Stacy, Montaigne, uh, Brittany, Katie, and you have uh, Michelle, and then I've had six, just to tell you. I have six. Uh, Michelle, um... Courtney and then another Katie. You have got every suburban girl name that there is. You have 33% Katie's. <laughs> All right. So, by the way, just pointing this out, 
Your initial thing was off by 44. But you're at a standard <laughs> six right now. Yeah. And you're in what year of school? I'm a junior. I don't think six is horrific when you're a junior in high school. I mean, obviously, you could be doing better. He's a junior in college. college. Hey, that's the timing I was looking for. <laughs> Thanks, legs. Um, are you guys still not even believing the six? I, I mean... Based on his personality here at work, I haven't seen the assertiveness it would take to sleep with eight with six women. But maybe there's like, how are they always intoxicated? Serious question. Uh, most of them. Okay. Well, <laughs> then yeah, six is believable. But he's how intoxicated? A fuck. Don't you think a lot of girls get to New York and want to sleep with a Puerto Rican kid? Yeah. True. Especially a harmless one. How much repeat business do you have? Uh. Probably half. <laughs> Probably half. <laughs> when it's only three, we don't have to estimate. <laughs> half, yeah. So half the women that you're with don't want to sleep with you again. Yeah. They don't want to re-experience it. <laughs> you got to do better sure. numbers than that, dude. That's actually frightening. Um, by the way, uh, Mikey Boy is Puerto Rican. So hopefully I can get you two guys to sit down together and talk. God, they might just fight each other. I don't know. <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah, that's what Puerto Ricans do. Um. All right, uh, it is the Ron and Fez show. Hands and Ends sitting in with us. The reason why we brought him in is because we found out that he's been offering his picture online to any of the fucking listeners. <laughs> but we thought it would be better if we put him out modeling around New York. Yeah. Chris, who do you uh, think can take pictures of that? I mean, I know we have staff photographers here. Yeah, that's true. And I don't want we, we want to waste them on that. Like Getty, we have gay photographers here also. Wait a minute, what am I fucking? I just got the perfect idea. What's that? Black girl Douglas takes some oh out. Oh my <laughs> and god! Holy shit! It's almost like a uh, a hands bananas New York. It's the places <laughs> that you like to go in the fucking cool clothes that you normally fucking wear. Uh, Chad, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, I uh, just wanted to tell you, man, you're an all-star interviewer. Uh, you kicked ass today on that Ziggy uh, Oh, thanks, interview. man. Well, yeah, it was really cool to hear Ziggy talk about his dad, too. Like, I, I never really knew too much about Ziggy himself and, uh, and just and his relationship with his dad, obviously. And it was really cool to hear that. So you did a great job. And, thanks, buddy. Uh, I, uh, I'd like to suggest you take over for the 60-minute job. All right, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll go and I'll be mean to people and yell at them. That'll be my job. At least you can work one-fourth of the time you do now. What? Yeah, uh, and that's a week. Uh, but the 60-minute job, that's where you act like you want to do one story, but you show up and do a whole nother one. <laughs> Fooled you. Uh, this week on Sunday night, they're going to show the best of Mike, my, uh, and Mike Wallace. And you guys... Obviously, only knew him as a very elderly man. Yeah. So when you see the shit that he's done for years, you're going to be cracking up. But we uh, were at a party with him one night, and he was very nostalgic. Very nostalgic about old New York that night. That's awesome. Yeah. He had some great stories. Yeah, real hard drinking back when people used to really <laughs> get fucking pounded. Like some madman type shit? Yeah, it was. It was pure madman. Uh and then I was going, well, hey, I used to do acid, so we each have a lot that we can fucking discuss with each other. And then that stops it. Those guys consider a party, and 
up to just drink them. Just getting really fucking drunk. Right. I hate when people act like, oh, I really like to party. Oh, really? Did you ever do this? Oh, no. You're a fucking animal. I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. Sorry. Now who's drawing the line? Me or you? Prick. <laughs> Open your mind. Do you ever notice? Do you ever notice that Puerto Rican? Do <laughs> you ever notice that half the women that Puerto Ricans sleep with will never want to sleep with them again? It's like they don't like Puerto Ricans anymore. We'll be back with more ins and outs after this. <laughs> uh, Kurt, you're on the fez. Hey, Hans was saying that the show would benefit from a female presence. Mm-hmm. What the hell does he think Zito is? <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I have a dick and balls. It is kind of weird that the biggest insult that you can be called is a girl. Mm-hmm. You know? If I was a woman, I'd be like, really? It's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We do a lot of good things, too. Like we made the flag. Let's <laughs> leave Puerto Rican. Who's your all-time favorite Puerto Rican? Um, Rico Suave? No. Hector Laveau? No. Just a singer. He did that movie with Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony. There was a movie based off it. That's the singer. Do you even know what he's talking about? It's called El Cantante. Wait, that's the one where he gets AIDS and dies? No. Your, your hero had AIDS? <laughs> no. He died of AIDS. That's not what happened. But <laughs> he died of AIDS. <laughs> well, both died on June 29, 1993 from complication of AIDS. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens in the movie. Mark Anthony gets AIDS and dies. I mean, in the movie, he, like, falls off, like, uh, uh, falls Cock? off. Yeah. Falls off a big uh, cock? Yes. Yeah. Jizz spraying cock. He just kind of control himself. <laughs> I'm glad I was right, because I was like, man, Mark Anthony's running around playing a lot of people dying. He really does get AIDS a lot in his movies. Yeah, and the film chronicles Hector Laveau's rise to fame and his death from AIDS. What, didn't you I watch mean, the like, end of it? What did you watch? <laughs> the end of it is he falls over like a, some, he falls from like a two-story thing, and then he's like kept in a, some type of wheelchair, whatever. He had AIDS! <laughs> That's not to beat AIDS and then fall off a building. And <laughs> Never happened. I don't think that's how you get it either. Well, it depends on what you land on. <laughs> you land on a spurting penis and it can oh. happen. Why does that make you angry? It's not anger, it's disgust. Oh. Okay. Guys, now I know what you go through. Um... <laughs> Here's uh, Zach. Zach, you're on Fez. Uh, yeah, I was going to see if uh, Zito meant to use the, f- the Fez voice when he was saying, I'm a man. I have a dick and balls. I did say it in a feminine voice, but I do have those things. I have a dick and balls. Uh, Brian, who's your favorite Puerto Rican of all time? My favorite Puerto Rican of all time would be Raul Julia. Oh, I love the Raul Julia. You know who he is? Fantastic actor. Do you know him at all? Uh, not too Kiss much. Kiss of the Spider Woman. And I did Bison. see that movie. Oh, he was uh, he was uh, opposite William Hurt in Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. He's a fucking great actor. Yeah, he's awesome. He died early too. He died young. Yeah. With it of AIDS? No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's not fucking funny. It isn't funny. AIDS is. We're not one of those shows that does AIDS jokes. Of course. You say, of course, it's like you know it, but you but just you, drop one in. Yeah. I didn't mean to. I just came out. I don't know. 
Give me control myself. All right, we're talking favorite Puerto Ricans of all time with Hans Bananz. Uh, Bananz, of course, is his Puerto Rican last name. Do you have one, Chris? Uh, do you have a... I guess, is, is Jenny from the block Puerto Rican? Yeah, she's Puerto Rican, right? Yeah, but I don't think she's from Puerto Rico. Oh. I think you should be from Puerto Rico. Okay. That's going to make this more difficult. Why? Most Puerto Ricans are from Puerto Rico, not fucking Spanish Harlem. Oh, that's got to be Rosario Dawson. She's Puerto Rican. She's awesome. Oh, she's born in New York. Never mind. Mine's going to be... Damn it, no. Rosie Perez, also born in Bushwick. <laughs> oh, is that right? I thought she was from Puerto Rico. I love Rosie Perez. Are you familiar with her, Hans? Yeah, um, Do the Right Thing and... Uh some other movies, yeah. Remember, yeah do the right, no one ever forgets to do the right <laughs> thing scene. Remember when Cousin Brucey almost killed her? Yes, he's almost kills most people. Let's not bring that up. Ed, you're on the run of Fetish show. Yeah, my favorite Puerto Rican is, uh, you know, what's his name from the Sweat Hogs? That Puerto Rican Jew. Uh, Epstein, he just died not too long ago. Epstein, yeah. Yeah, that one actually hurt. Uh, here's our buddy Blowhard, favorite Puerto Rican. Well, since it's opening day at Yankee Stadium, we're on a baseball theme. The great Roberto Clemente, one of the greatest players of all time, human. Now, have they ever done that as a movie? They should do a movie. Did he hit exactly 3,000 when his plane went down? I believe so. And you know something? I saw him one time. It was during a Met game at Shea. He threw a guy out from the warning track on a fly ball. Yeah. He had such a great arm. Great all-around ball player. Back when the Pir Pirates were actually a decent franchise and had all those quality hitters that would just scare the crap out of you. Mm -hmm. And the, guy, the way the guy died, just trying to help people, he's just a hero. And they never found him. They never found nope. his body. That's the thing about Puerto Ricans. When they die, no one ever finds their bodies. Mm -hmm. There's no fucking graveyard. Uh, it's Rico. hard to say uh, a greater Puerto Rico than Roberto Clemente for me. Yeah. It's pretty dope, especially since he was born there. Um, Brian, you're on Hey, uh, you know, I have a lot of favorite Puerto Ricans, but my number is probably Fidel Castro. Uh, I just like... That's not, I like, that's that. not right. That's I'm crazy idiot. talk. Idiot. Terrible. Yeah. Um, Different awful, island. Awful person. Up on the iBank today, Marilyn Manson's new guitar player... Johnny Depp. Oh, shit. Uh, making things fucking rock. Also, when we were talking about Kiss of the Spider, there's the world's worst spider video in there. Oh, I think screen, Matt yeah. sent it in. Did you see it? I haven't seen it. You take it off? Say it, buddy. The Z-Dog is out. God, you have commercials. There's commercials everywhere. I hate and that. And there's fucking smoking commercials, which I despise. I'm, I, I'm just going to scroll down so I don't have to see that. Smart. Smart. It's a long one. Yes, Hans. It's a long commercial. they got to make money somehow. Yeah, but they're making money here on one of those anti-smoking. Where's the fucking cash come from? <sighs> Some fucking lobbyist douchebag. Uh, by the way, I didn't even know this. When Ronnie Montrose died... We didn't know this whole time. It was suicide. He'd shot himself. His family kept it private until finally the coroner had to put out the report. All right, I'm going to shut my eyes while you play this because right. I don't want to see this again. Right, the spider. All right. The big spider. Fuck. Get it with violence. All right. Oh, oh, no. God. oh God. 
How did that? How did that? Oh. Oh my God. A big spider becomes a million little spiders. Why would that happen? Holy shit. How? What? Was it pregnant with the oh. thing? Oh my God. It was pregnant and it was ready to pop. Oh. What did they throw on it? Hands <laughs> <laughs> are so fucking Look at upset. Did That's just, the worst thing I've ever oh, seen in my life. Did they just smash the bottle on it? Is that what happened? Yes, they, just it they smashed it. The egg sack ruptured. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm just saying, like, the water that came... Is that from the spider? What yes, is that? they have spider juice. Oh my God. The Puerto Rican name for it would be spider juice. Oh. Or la leche. Now I understand. La leche is the word. Mike, you're on the run of Fed show. Hey, what's going on? Uh, you, if you limit it to Puerto Ricans born in Puerto Rico, that, that makes it a little rougher because there's way more born in New York. But uh, favorite Puerto Rican, Ricky Martin, because I'm still rocking that hairstyle. Uh, Ricky Martin is actually doing something on Broadway now. I think Evita is... Living La Vida Loca, huh? I guess he must have meant everything oh, to you growing up, huh, Hans? I just remember when I was moving from Florida to Maryland, that's the only song that was on. You're just going fucking crazy. Fucking having good time, <laughs> running around and gay. He's another fucking gay Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why are so many gay Puerto Ricans? Let's say Ricky Martin, you, that other guy that died of AIDS. There's yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me? No. Totally straight. Yeah, but you're allowed to be gay. No one. Oh, you're fucking totally accepted here. It's fine. <laughs> Dude, seriously. <laughs> never judge. Um, never. Never. Molly's gay. You never even hear it come yeah. up on this show. No. We don't give a shit. Mm -mm. Uh, Murph, you're on Run Fez. Yeah, my favorite Puerto Rican is my super, Hector. Almost See, five, but do anything I ask. All right, I'm going to just hang up on him. James, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh, just wondering how to get on the list uh, for the Unmasked. Uh, you go over to theinterabang.com and send it in to the editor. That's right. Everything's going to the Bang. It's You're next going, Thursday. It's next Thursday, and it looks like everybody who comes in is going to be in a major motion picture. That's you, right. You, can you just hook it up? Do I have to go on the Interrobang? Yes, you got it. Am I close with you? I don't even know whether you're going to get in. <laughs> I sent you some cigars. Uh, I don't even know if you got them. Yeah, but that doesn't fucking mean you, mean you can't buy my love. Just go to the <laughs> iBang, send it in. Bring some more the day of the shoot. No, stop it. No. Stop that. That's place. what it takes. No, it doesn't no, take that. Don't in. listen to Fez. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Everybody is the same chance. Go to the enterobang.com yeah. and then Thank you so. will be good. Hopefully. Jeez. Theenterobang.com is where you go to get tickets to the next Stoller Unmasked next Thursday at 3.30 p.m. Yeah, you working on the uh, warm-up yet? Like, Maybe I ought to send some, show some of these videos and stuff. Okay. And I'll be like, oh, I'm not going to relax, Nick. That's it. He's on the spider thing right now. I'll get like an iPad, right? I'll get an iPad and I'll be like, so everyone, welcome to Unmasked. Check out this spider sack exploding. <laughs> That's right. Good energy, everybody. Good energy. Keep that up for when Nick and Ron get in. I like, I like these warm-ups. <laughs> Keep it. Come on. Ba 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 da 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 da. Hey, how come we've never done an unmasked with Rachel Dretch? Uh, she's got a book out right now, and she claims in her book that her looks have kept her from having 
a great career. I like Rachel Dratch. She's funny as fuck. She's great. She is funny. But, you know, she was supposed to be the other person across from Tracy Morgan on that show, and they bounced her out. I remember she was on the first episode. For not being beautiful enough. Come on. Now, uh, the weird thing is, I saw her in our lobby in real life, and I thought, I'm like, oh, there's a cute girl. And then I realized it was Rachel Dretch. That's fucking great. She, she's fucking awesome. I think she kind of photographs a little angular. Hey, in real life, it's totally different. So you're a big so, fan, huh? I like Rachel Dretch a lot, yeah. She's very funny. How come we've never had her on? You would think. You know what I mean? That she would be perfect. Just one of the ladies. Who the goody, who the do the do. Oh, good, you got that. Yeah. Just looked over and saw it. Perfect. Everything's working out now. The universal soldier, and he really is to blame. Uh, TJ, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Hey. Um, Good Puerto Ricans there. Uh, Benicio Del Toro. Oh. Oh. oh that could one. move into number one. He's a That he's could be there. number one. He was born there. He played Che. One you know, Monday, one we had Oscar. a favorite white person. Oh, shit. <laughs> he looks his S. Grant. <laughs> he's on the 50. <laughs> He won the war for us, everybody. Does no one realize that? He was the fucking general of the fucking Northern Army. One of them. He was the leader. Yeah, but, but he got elected president, so I'm assuming he was the fucking best one. Let's elect our, be our best general as president. Drunk Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> I'm glad that he's your favorite. Hell yeah. I can name all the presidents. Ready? Go. Right now. Uh, George Washington, John Adams... Uh, Thomas Jefferson. 60 seconds. <laughs> I can't do it. 60. James Madison, uh, John Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren. Uh, this is what he does when there's six women are sucking <laughs> his penis so he doesn't explode too quickly. <laughs> Martin Van Buren, um, William Henry Harrison, John Tyler. Uh, Willie J Tyler. Willie Tyler. Um, that's what he went for back then. Uh, Willie Tyler. Uh, <laughs> no, no. William Henry seconds. Harrison, John T Tyler, uh, James K. Polk. Um, what was it? Uh, Stumbling. James Fuck James, James, James. No, no, no. Zachary Taylor. Um, Franklin Pierce. James Buchanan. Um, you have Abraham Lincoln. What are you going backwards now? No, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, uh, Andrew Johnson. Uh, <laughs> you guys, you really want me to go through? Yeah. Andrew yeah, Johnson. Started, <laughs> right? I got this. Motherfucker. Andrew Johnson. No, Andrew Johnson. Cecily S. Grant. Rutherford B. Rutherford B. Hayes. Um, He's fast. <laughs> Rutherford B. Hayes. Uh, fuck. Uh, Rutherford B. Hayes. Garfield, Chester, A. Arthur, you have uh, Grover Cleveland, Harrison, Cleveland, McKinley, uh, Roosevelt, Taft, Woodson, Wilson, um, Harding, Coolidge, Hoover, Franklin D. Roosevelt, uh, 
Truman, Eisenhower, you have Linda, uh, J.F. Kennedy, Lyndon B. Johnson, Nixon, John Kennedy, <laughs> Kennedy um, Nixon, uh, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, Nixon, you got um, Carter, Ford, no, Ford, Carter, then um, Reagan, uh, George H.W. Bush, Clinton, uh, regular Bush. <laughs> Supposed to diet. <laughs> yeah. Regular Bush, and then, of course, Barack Obama. Did you just call him Barack Obama? Barack. No, what kind of... Missed one. Where, where at? Uh, Millard Fillmore. Oh. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh my <laughs> God. That's such <laughs> bullshit. He's a shit. No. How could you be so stupid? Millard Fillmore, the greatest president of all time. Of yeah. Time. And it's Man. James Monroe, not John Monroe. James, oh, I said James Monroe. I James Monroe. You were thinking of the tennis player. Now so let's go through the kings of Puerto Rico. Who do you got? <laughs> Definitely don't know the kings of Puerto Rico. Why not? Because I grew up Why in the United States. Why would anyone sit around and want to know all the presidents like you did? Uh, you did I just, as a little kid? I just learned them growing up. Like a fucking autistic kid? I guess so. Let's bring out in our son Hans Bananas. He knows all the presidents. <laughs> Your father's still in the Navy, or is he out? Uh, he retired two years ago. Mm. He was there for like 26 years. Retired as an admiral? Uh, Lieutenant Commander. Oh, nice. <laughs> all right. Nice. What's he do now? He works. He has some government job now. Uh, works still in the government. Mm. Makes big bucks. Probably. For our government or for another one? <laughs> for the United States I hate spice. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I hate spice. If he was helping Korea launch that missile yesterday, oh my God! No, that's not him. Good. Thank Christ. How do you know that? You know that's true. I don't know. So don't fucking write checks. Your mouth ass can't catch or whatever. <laughs> your mouth's ass can't catch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone could be a spy. You don't just That's you have true. to just take your word take their word for it that they're not. Corey, you're on running fez. Hey buddies, what's going on? Uh Ron, I got a great idea. This kid versus uh Fez in a presidential trivia off. Now do you know, know much presidential trivia? Uh or you just know, I know the names. I know a lot, but I wouldn't say I'm better than Fez. Fez uh loves presidential trivia. Okay. <laughs> Again, I wouldn't say I'm better than Fez. Why do you have no fucking faith in yourself, Hanson? I haven't trained in a while because I used to do it with my father on Saturday mornings. Oh, oh my God. Like, what would you guys do with each other? We would just try to, like, bring up a story about uh, a president or something like that to just kind of top each other with a story. All right, so let's play it out. I'll play the part of your father. Mm hmm. Ready? Yeah. Hey, Pop, did you know what Eisenhower did when uh, Nixon was running for president? Help me. I told you I didn't feel well, and then you had me make this trip to New York. Help me. He was fine when he got to New York. Steal an umbrella for your dad and one for your mom. Steal it and never give it back. So you would say stuff like that to each other? Yeah, just tell stories. Rather than talk to each other as you were people? Yeah, that's uh, that was more or less that way. Now, do you really like 
presidential trivia, or you just were trying to stay connected with your dad? No, I really, I mean, he always loved it, and, I, and that's where I got it from. So I always liked it ever since I was a kid. But why do you like it? I have no idea. I just, election night got really exciting for me one time, and I got to stay up all night for it. And ever since then, I was, like, locked in. Ever since then, you couldn't sleep at night. Were you excited about this upcoming election? It should be. I think it's going to be really, really close. So it should be. I think it's going to be exciting election night, yes. It's moderate versus moderate. What is there to be excited about? Nothing fucking matters. Now, moderately excited. The... uh, Roger Ailes, I guess his name is, said that Newt Gingrich will not be welcome back to Fox and that he should be keep kissing up to CNN because he won't get a job back with them. They're promoting the moderate Mitt Romney. It's over, Newt. I don't think there's any difference between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. I'm not saying it at all. Two moderates hoping to settle. Romney has more money than him, at least in his personal life. Yeah, in personal life, but I mean the way that they government. It's both are for big government and lower taxes. They're both taking us to hell in a handbasket. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. They both hope to uh, bring up massive fucking military debts for imagined enemies. We need to protect ourselves. Rich, you're on the Run Face Show. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? You rule. Pepe, you're the best. And my favorite Puerto Rican is fucking Bronx Johnny, baby. Bring him back. Johnny's not a Puerto Rican. Johnny's mm-hmm. from Ecuador. That's right. Ecuador. <laughs> what's the difference? He's from the Galapagos Islands. <clears throat> One's an island. That's for sure. Uh, Joe, you're on my fez. Him and Darwin. Let's go over to Lauren from down the hall. Hey, Ronnie, I'm listening to Hands do all that trivia, and I think I need to come in and do a little face-off with him. Face-off? What does uh, that mean? What? We need to do a trivia face-off. we got to do something. He didn't want to very says. As long as it's not about the station. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm coming in right now. Damn. F you, Hands. Now, do, I'm coming in. Do, do you know presidential <laughs> trivia at all, Lauren? Actually, I I was a big I was gonna major in history before I started in radio, so I think I'm pretty good. All right, well let's bring it down. It'll be boys okay. against the girls. All right, let's do it. All right, see you in a minute, Fezzi. You're gonna have to put together five questions for us. Okay, short questions, and whatever Han says is correct. Whatever Lauren says is incorrect. Yeah, sounds about right. Putting in the fix. <laughs> Yes, that's what we're doing, Jonathan. <laughs> Make a question that neither of us could like. That there's no right answer. And then I just say whatever Have I want. Have faith in yourself, hands and hands, for the love of God. Oh, I do. Doesn't sound like it, buddy. Care about yourself. I do. Care about this fucking oh. trivia contest. Here comes uh, Lauren some short shorts today. Yes. Short short jean shorts. And your shirt is The Doors. Oh, look, look at the back. Light my fire, she writes. She is a classic rock fan oh, yeah. for a young girl. She loves her classic rock. You don't like any of the music from your generation? Um, I, don't, I, can, I can listen to Lady Gaga. Really? I can, yeah. I've seen her a few times. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm up on top 40 as well, but 50s and 60s and all that stuff, that's that's, that's, that's your heart. That's my thing. And presidential trivia. Yeah. Well, Hans, you look scared now. You look nervous. Yeah, no. I don't. I, I'm not too fond of that jab that he said to me about the company. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> He's going for a low blow on that one. And he also he said to us, he goes, she comes off. He goes, I don't want to use a bad word here, a little whorish. Really? Yeah. Or uh, because that he's Spanish. What's the word that you use? <laughs> what for <laughs> prostitute that you used? Still whore. Still whore. That's not really. Oh my God. No. I could call him a wetback and still. Oh shit! Those are different places. It like. doesn't matter. The fact <laughs> that it's an insult. Does it make yeah. a difference? All right, three out of five. Five questions. First person to three. <laughs> Fez, uh, bring it on. All right. What president was involved in the Teapot Dome scandal? Lauren. Oh, Harding. Sorry. Wow, not Hardy. Really? Wow. Who do you have there, Hans? Coolidge. Coolidge, yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that surprised me. I'm going for the that... back. Zero for the whore. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I'd rather be a, a wetback than a whore. She's just having fun. fun. That's Lauren. She's just yeah. always having fun. Next one, Fezzi. It's one nothing right now. Okay. What president died in office after only serving one month? Kevin. William Henry Harrison. Correct! Oh, Jesus! I before I knew. All right. That's the fun. That means you've got to get three in a row. You've got to go three for three. Three in a row. Three, have come from down the hall. three of our presidents died on the 4th of July. Who was the one that was born on it? Uh, Lawrence yeah. got it. Jefferson? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Hands? James Monroe. Yes! There she goes out the door. Oh, that was fucking crushing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Hans Man's just fucking a monster in here. Whew. Putting him down left and right. I just know my presence, that's all. You really do. Alright, we got a break here. Coming up yeah. in a little bit, uh, we'll be talking with two of the talking heads about their brand new um DVD. Chris Franz and Tina Weymouth will be in here. Chronologically is the DVD that's got all the cool stuff uh, from early, early on. It's This DVD is the shit. Uh, I was watching it. It's fucking awesome. Just to see all these old performances from this band that's no longer together, just to see them play, it's fucking fantastic. Um... We break. We'll be right back. Ron and Fez Show. This is the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez. Get ready. 
to be a beautiful weekend going into a Monday that's going to be in the low 80s here in New York City. Holy shit. How's that even possible? It's possible because you have finally got it around to understand that Groundhog knows exactly what he's talking about. Fucking Groundhog. I still can't believe that tiny animal knows dick. Tiny what? Animal. An animal. Not good with words. It is the Ron and Fez Show. Check out some of the stuff on the on the iBank today, like the Tom Dowd, uh, the Faces story. Uh, Filtered Excellence this week is just phenomenal stuff. And we've got great interviews up now as well. Uh, speaking of interviews coming up to end the show today, um, Tina Weymouth, Chris Franz, two of the three original. Talking Heads will be in to talk a little bit about the Talking Heads and we'll play some of the live performances. Uh, this is one of the great, great bands of all time. Just totally amazing. Just a, an amazing sound. And what a married rhythm section. Best married rhythm section <laughs> in the world. And I believe the the birth of the female bass player, the cool female bass player, was... I don't think anybody was before Tina. Yeah, that's a fucking good point. Yeah, she was fucking, she's great. Mm. She's fucking awesome, and that this DVD is the shit. This uh, chronology DVD, I really love. By the it. way, when he says shit, he means good, like yeah, the yeah. good shit. Yeah, yeah, good, not, not bad. just shit. Not like, like, I just, see, I come from a generation where we say shit. That's not a good thing. No, no, this is a, it's a good thing though. Yeah, like that's the shit means good, not like yeah. I just shit and, myself. And if you didn't like it, you'll say it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nah that really puts us over. Mm -hmm. On the wire, you can see the new uh, promotional video. From a group called rightwingwatch.org. I'm in that group. Are you? Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I got this beautiful right-wing watch. Look at it. It's nice. gorgeous. Keeps, keeps time from the 1950s. <laughs> so they put out a video, I guess, trying to jump on the hype of the re-release of Titanic. Titanic. Where they're saying that uh, the gay agenda in this country... Oh, uh, let me see. You're mad about some anti-gay stuff today, Fess? Yes. Okay. And it's... So they're comparing the gay agenda in this country to Titanic, where the gay agenda is this giant iceberg that is going to sink America, which would be the huge boat. Right, but how big is this group? Um, I don't know how big they are, but... I mean, if it's, if it's four guys, are you mad? Yeah, I'm still mad that they would put it out there. But you say put it out there as if... That means anything. You're just uploading it to the internet. Yeah, but that's like getting mad about a post somewhere and or a tweet. And one thing about it is, it's the if they're trying to do this, I get their religious thing. But yeah, me too. Now I think I do get from a religious point of view. It does make sense. But from a metaphor standpoint, they are totally picking the wrong movie to act like gays are destroying the world. Because it, well, they're, they're, they're just destroying the Titanic. Yeah, destroying America. Mm -hmm. But so America's the Titanic. Yeah, and gays are the icebergs. Right, let's play a little bit of this because I don't really understand it. Let's get into the meat of it if we can. 
damage before it's too late. The homosexual agenda is the moral iceberg that we need to steer clear of. This is one of those icebergs that if we don't navigate around them correctly, hmm. will take us under. Many people think we're able to endure it, just like the Titanic thought that it could handle the icebergs. But in point of fact, we've already hit the iceberg, and the ship is already going down. And we're taking on water. The only question is whether or not we're going to be able to survive, and the ship will sink. This is the biggest threat, I believe, in our lifetime to religious freedom and the fundamental values that we share here in America. Anything that opposes the affirmation of the homosexual and transsexual lifestyle ultimately is going to be criminalized and targeted for assault. Our freedoms of religion, freedoms of conscience get taken away, our ability to adequately train and teach our children gets taken away, and even the very meaning of marriage gets further destroyed and decayed. So this matters to all of us. And if we think it doesn't matter, we are deceiving ourselves. There's just a couple steps before the military could be used in a persecution of those that are viewed as enemies of the new state belief system. So they're actually saying this, that if you don't like homosexuals, the military will attack you. Yes, the gays are going to take over the army, and you will be, I guess, shot on sight. Mm. Yeah, I don't think this is a very big group, Fez. I don't think you should worry about it. So they're really trying to push this thing. And, but here's the, with push the it out. So to scare everybody into thinking America's going to sink. But here's the thing. Without icebergs, America, the country, would sink. We need the polar ice so Fez. that the flood levels aren't there. So your analogy is just the stupidest thing ever. Fez, you sound crazy when you start to talk to them on their level. Uh, here's uh, Dean, you're on my face. Hey, Ron. Hey, my movie metaphor would, would be Planet of the Apes. Hmm. And who would be the... Are the apes the gays? Or the humans? Yeah. Oh, the apes. The apes are the gays. Maybe it would be more like Planet of the Rapes, where the... Rapes would be raping the humans. Fuzzy, we got to get you back into the happy gay guy, not the angry gay guy. You should date a little bit before you get this angry. Well, I would probably get more perspectives if I had, like, a gay boyfriend. Or That's any, redundant. Oh, yeah, any boyfriend would work. Uh, but you don't want to be angry gay guy. Finding these little fucking guys that don't mean shit and, you know, acting like they're putting something out there. It's just an uploaded internet thing. I know, but it's just so ridiculous that it bothers me. Why don't you say something um, that makes you happy? That makes people like, oh, gays are happy. The hell with those people. Instead of always fighting about it. Uh, coming up a little bit, Talking Heads. Your favorite uh, band, Chris? Uh, it's up there. This band was fucking, this band was amazing. And it... Just fucking blew your shit off. Cause it's just, these, these live fucking tra these live this live footage they have in this DVD. I can't get talk enough about it. It's just but really it's all amazing. live footage, right? Yeah, it's all live. It's all their live performances. Span their entire career. It's amazing. Mm. It's amazing stuff. And they sounded so fucking good live. They're a great band. They were a very musical band. And I know that sounds crazy, but they did a lot with music. A lot. Uh, other stuff with music. Um, let me go over the eye bank here. 
we are here. We will not disappear. Global warming. Thank you. Glacier, more like geishers. The gay icebergs all cheered when their ship was going down. It's literally homo queer sickle. You see how all these people are trying to have fun with it, Fez? Uh-huh. That's where I'd love to see you get back to. And stop being so angry about stuff. Um, think what would happen if all those homosexual icicles collided with Guam. Uh, it's not funny to make fun of Fez's weight like this. I thought we were going to see some iceberg on iceberg action. Um... Is water a metaphor for pee or, or spooge? This means that Fez will have something to talk about today. Well, this was your little baby to put up there, huh? Right, yep. Is this your one piece on the eye bank today? Uh-huh. It's always gay-related, huh? Always like a gay fight? Well, those are the things that I'm noticing. Well, when can we get you to be positive gay guy? That's what we're looking for. I'm looking, people are commenting and they're having fun with it. But you are not. No, because I wanted to point out how absolutely silly these people are. Everyone gets it. Matter of fact, none of us would have even heard of them if you hadn't have pointed this out. These aren't fucking somebody that's uh, that people are listening to. Jim, you're on the Run and Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, you think we should replace the word fag with iceberg? I don't even like that word, right, Fuzz? No. Just a chance to call in and try to say it. Uh, Mitch, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, guys, what's going on today? Um, hey, listen, quick question. Don't you think, I mean, these 90, I think 80% of the country doesn't, could care less whether gay marriage happens or not. I think the media enjoys putting politicians on the spot and asking them, so they have to answer. I think the regular people working class out of my like I, I, like, I like gay people. I can have nothing to guess about any gays. But the problem is the media constantly pelts these guys during election year. It doesn't put anybody's money, it doesn't take money out of anybody's pocket, gays getting married. It doesn't put money in anybody's pocket. But all they, the media constantly pelts these guys. If they stop asking this question, they don't ask it in Europe, they don't ask it anyplace else, but this I, stupid country. I will tell you this for people around the country, and I know it's about that time we're getting back into gay stuff again. Uh, and it becomes, you know, political talk instead of fun talk. But... The New York pre-gay marriage and New York post-gay marriage are exactly the same. There were a couple days of, hey, people are happy, hey, people lined up the first day, and now nobody knows the difference. So, um, let's see, can I get half an iceberg? <laughs> um, This is batshit crazy. I hope they produce more vids. Fez is a positive gay guy like HIV. I don't want that run. I don't want that either, Narc. <laughs> um, Millie Hatchet wants to know, can gay icebergs get married? Are the gay icebergs a Jewish couple? I'm very confused. Uh, the gay icebergs all cheered when they heard the ship was going down. Um, let's go over um, to Graham. Graham, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Um, I was just calling to say, uh, Fez, you, you shouldn't stress yourself out about any sort of anti-gay fucking propaganda because uh, when it comes down to it, gays are never going to be equal in America, just like any other minority, blacks or Latinos. 
What you need to do is just concentrate on having a happy life. Well, I think that's true, but, uh, you know, equal rights is something everyone should strive for. Do you have them, though? Well, you might get legal rights. Well, why don't you have equal rights? Well, there's still um, things with gay marriage across the country. Well, here in New York, you have equal rights. Uh, yes. All right, so you're fine, right? Well, there's uh, there. Well, there's still we have that right, but I mean, there's still things with hospital visitation and what the family can do. What are you talking about? Once you're married, you already have it. Yeah, but if uh, that would be for people who don't want, who haven't gotten married, even. Well, people who haven't gotten married, does a girlfriend? Uh, yeah, she's not going to have the same rights as a wife, right? Um, I would, th- I would thought she would. No, she doesn't. She's not in charge of the guy's st- estate. Oh, okay. Not unless you make a living will. We've talked about all this. They're not going to say you two are dating, so you're in charge of his body. That's never going to happen. Come on, Fezzi. Um. Let's go over here to Greg in Tampa Bay. You're my Fez. Hey, uh, those icebergs are falling faster than Fez's gay old man balls. Okay. Put it down to your knees now. Yeah, okay. Uh, Woody, Tampa, you're my Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Just listening to you talk about the talk ahead. Remember Forest Hills used to have that tennis stadium? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they used to give contests. I saw the Talking Heads playing there one summer back in the 70s, and I'll never forget when the band really started getting into that rhythm. It reminded me a lot of, like, Santana with the, the whole band playing as one. It was really amazing. Yeah, they were uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal band, and the interesting thing about this DVD is the way that the music kept changing and being totally great in another different direction. It was, it's crazy just to see the band grow. It's, yeah. It's really amazing. It's the hardest thing in the world to do is to keep changing and not fall back into the same shit over and over, you know? To say, I'm going to do something different with my work rather than, here it is. I want to do the same thing I did this time uh, as I did the day before, whether or not it worked or not. Still go right back to it. Um... Let's go over to Jake in Florida, Yarmouth Fez. Hey, I think part of Fezzi's frustration is he keeps openly, you know, referring to himself as an openly gay man, but he's not living as an openly gay man until he sucks a dick. So I think he needs to start referring to himself as a theoretically gay man until he acts on it. I think he's putting extra pressure on himself. Oh, I'm completely open. Everyone knows now. He's saying because you haven't actually done anything gay. No, I'll be back into that daily conversation. What's the big change that you made lately as an openly gay man since you came out? Well, I have just letting people know that I am gay, right? Right. We've done that, what, six weeks ago? Uh huh. So, in that six weeks, what's happened? Uh, I what? haven't I haven't progressed any in in having a gay relationship. But beyond a gay relationship, what else have you done? Nothing. No, just the new stents. And getting angry at the, still getting angry at the newspaper and online stuff. Yeah. Being the, the happy part of gay. Filtered Excellence is out. What do you like in Filtered Excellence, uh, Chris? Uh, the Ronnie Wood exhibit's really cool. Yeah. Check that out. Now we're just all tied up in everything Ronnie <laughs> <Yeah>. Wood, aren't we? <laughs> Caveman, he was super fucking cool. Everything you want him to be. Yeah. More, actually. 
more. What else do you like there? Uh, twenty thirty is out on paperback now. Whoa, Albert Brooks paperback. That's right. Nice. That's right. Nice and convenient in paperback. Um, let's go over to Jim. Jim, you're on fest. I, I just tuned in and heard this video, and I'm, I'm wondering why Fez is trying to do all those horrible things to us. See, gays are not icebergs. Icebergs are necessary. You want to save the icebergs. But you they won't get you're trying metaphor. to take away our freedom and trying to take away our marriage and, and, and think about the children. Right, enough, please. Uh, there's the Life on Mars picture... Just went out. Now, I know this is a couple of years old. Why are they now bringing back the Mars monolith? Um, I don't know why they put it back up. I remember seeing this a couple of years ago. Yeah, I remember, but you can I remember, see that obviously there's something there on Mars. We should just nuke it just in case. We should nuke. We should just shoot nukes out in space, just in case. That's it's pretty good, yeah. Because God knows what's out there. If it is, they'll probably be hostile. Anything that needs is out there. We need to blow up, mm-hmm. and then afterwards we can experiment and see what we killed. Yeah, or capture some of them alive and then torture them to death. Why that? To show that we're not fucking around. Well, we're not fucking around because we made fucking business. I'm not gonna live under some fucking alien overlord. Me neither. Fuck that. Bullshit. We make great pets. We make great fucking enemies. That's what we make. <laughs> fucking porno for pyros, dude. It wasn't just Jane's addiction. Let's destroy anything in space. I'm down. Fuck it. Well, you see this monolith that's up there, and that may be just trying to make a loud ringing e- uh, noise in our astronauts' ears. Boxcar says it looks like a Walmart. No life on Mars. That's a headstone. That's right. Crazy fucking Perry Farrell. I just worry that when you crush one Martian, a bunch of baby Martians come out of its fucking juice belly. They have, like, fucking... Baby sacks, the Martians. Gary, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, buddies. Hey, Fez, I got a scenario for you. Let's say that every pro wrestler of all time found out, uh, you found out that they were all gay. Which one of them would you like to pursue? Randy Orton is gorgeous. What? <sighs> That's why you liked wrestling all these years? Finally, we get it now. You're wrestling, Jacker? This is what you like. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? That's the RKO. Uh, RKO. Maybe he'll hear this and want to fight. (laughs) Oh, that looks just fucking fucking disgusting. I would be gnarled if any woman said that that was attractive. He's gotten a little too many tattoos for my taste. I mean, he's just covered now. You don't like that? You don't like that? It's too much for you? I don't mind tattoos, but his actually, like, changed the color of his arms. 
I feel nauseous. Well, it looks like he has bad circulation. I honestly feel like I just fucking woke up on LQ. <laughs> Seriously, I've never heard anyone say something like this before in my life. Now this make openly gay seems like it would be better to be closed gay. Yeah, because then we wouldn't. And know now me. your whole iceberg story is lost. You know, <laughs> just Randy Orton. <laughs> um, Jay, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, did I hear Fez correctly say that he wants hospital visitation rights for gays? Well, yeah. He didn't even visit you in the hospital. What a dick. Well, you were busy then, right? But I was in the hospital first. No, I wasn't busy. But you had a lot to do. You had a lot going on. I just wasn't sure if you if you wanted to see people, because mm. I know you were in a lot of pain then. Well, everybody else came. Did you call me? No, I didn't. Mm. Are these Randy Orton pictures distracting? Oh, yeah. stop. <laughs> He's fucking That's a good home, one. Jack oh. and the fucking wrestling beat or whatever the fuck these magazines oh, are oh, called. Oh, oh God. I, I, I'm not even looking at that blown up. Man. No. I don't want to. Obviously, it is. But even posing for that picture, it's all kind of pro-gay, huh? Yeah, yeah. He wants to show it off to that community. Is this the young man that's uh, heading to Afghanistan? Yep, that's Matthew. Matthew, good to see you, brother. Hey. Hey, where, Ronnie. Where are you from? Uh, Fort Dix. Here, get when are you uh, going to Afghanistan? Next week. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, my chick. Here, Brooke, come here. She came and uh, she surprised me. She drove up yesterday to surprise me. Uh-huh. And uh, she, I guess, called Stanley yesterday. Oh, uh, that's great. Me. Yeah, so I'm pumped. So this is your first time in Afghanistan? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm nervous. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm nervous for you now. Thanks. That's the last thing I want to do is put a face with the statistics. Oh, you're going to shake my hand. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm scared, man. Uh, a lot of training. It's been about four months now of just rigorous. Probably been home for about ten days in those four months. Um, just is that right? It's really gotten intense, huh? Yeah, and it's actually a little worse than I think you guys know on the civilian level. Uh, what we hear about through our briefings, so it's it's pretty it's pretty rough over there. It's pretty hairy. And any chance that this whole thing will be over soon? Uh, I don't see it. Yeah, I really don't. Um, just on a logistic level, essentially, I mean, the country, we buy real estate there, right? It's like buying a house. So we have bases there that are going to be there for another hundred years. That's how long. So we're staying for for a good time. For a long time. Yeah, this is the way it's going to go. And how much time you you got left in? Uh. This is my first deployment. I'm four years in. I've got about another four. Um, so, you know. so this could be a long trip for you. Yeah, yeah, dude. First to many. Actually, it, it could be a while. Uh, it paid for my school, though. I went to West Virginia University, philosophy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, this, uh, well, you got a philosophy degree. Yeah, I know. And yeah. now all this yeah. military. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a <laughs> I'm an oddball in my unit. Yeah. But it's been a big, big day for me. I uh, actually got engaged yesterday. Well, great! Oh. Let's meet your girl. Bring yeah, her in right. to say hi. Come on in. Show them the ring. Oh, come on in. Come on over, in, you guys. In here, in come here. on over, you guys. Yeah. Send him yeah. over, Jonathan. Yeah. Oh wow. Come on by so we can meet you guys. We're gonna get him in there. Oh man, he just gets engaged as he's about to go to Afghanistan. Bless his heart. Good to see you, Hey, Matthew. Bro. Hey, man. Wow. Wow. 
She's beautiful. Hey. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, show the ring. Let's say. Oh. Very nice. Where did you guys meet? Uh, we've back been each other since like eighth grade. Wow. Yeah. And then we went to West Virginia University together. She's in OT, occupational therapy, and I just finished. So, up. what's this like for you with him heading over to Afghanistan? Uh, I mean, it's it's difficult, but yeah. like, we've we've been together for about four years now. So, I don't know. I think if anything, it'll just make us stronger. Yeah. <laughs> Coming here is the icing on the cake. Is that right, man? Yeah, it was like it totally shocked me. I'm a huge fan. I'm kind of on the, I caught on my the drive up fans, yesterday, so. and you guys were kind enough to. Yeah, I actually bought a heavy hamburger. Fucking. Uh, <laughs> Carton of marbles. I left them in the what? barracks. Oh. No, and then I ran around Times Square area, yeah, and I guess it's hard to find tobacco and booze around there. I was like, what can I do to make up? Do no, don't worry about it. Anyway, it's too expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you can send back from Afghanistan, it'll make up for it all. Yeah, no, a little opium. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. A little, Sorry. yeah. Sorry, Sergeant Commander. A little something to keep us nice and sleepy here back yeah. in the States. <laughs> Yeah. Well, congratulations, Thank man. You got a beautiful, beautiful I'm, fiance, I'm and yeah. and here you are at the start of this, and you feel like the training's been enough, though, right? Yeah, like I'm you're ready. ready for this. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm nervous. Yeah. You know? It's 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 eating me up alive, but I'm actually upset. I don't know how I'm gonna get it, uh, listen to the show. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I know there's certain ways, but right. then I don't know. Depending on where I am, if I'm going to have the capability to do so. Well, if you got a computer, you know, you can at least pick up parts of the show. That's the thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we'll figure it out. Can I send it, out. it to you? Like, uh, yeah, we can put it on DVDs if you need. Yeah? Yeah, yeah no we'll problem. do it. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. For real? Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Well, well, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that. sooner or later, well. I'm sure we'll tire of it. But <laughs> I do want to say, on a side note, Fezzi, I'm so proud of you, man. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I'm proud of you too. Thank you. Every one of your all shows and has forced yeah, a lot of people. I actually started about a lot of car trips listening. To I started about three years ago and <laughs> yeah. then read, I backed up about two years prior to that and listened to everything. So <laughs> that's wild, man. Yeah, kind of kind of weird, but yeah, it's it's weird in here. It's a little smaller than I thought it'd be. Yeah, it's way smaller. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. it's way smaller. We'll yeah. give you the quick run around uh, run around the whole uh, place though. Yeah, yeah, man, that's awesome. Thank you guys so much. Cool. I, I actually, oh, yeah. excuse me, I came up for the Paul Pumpkins thing. Oh, is that, that right? Is, yeah, or? we were here for that, and uh, you had some all these cupcakes. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I wish I would have known. We'll get, we'll get you. Uh, well, you can go downtown if you oh, guys yeah. are hanging out in the city for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, we'll got till tomorrow. I got formation like zero nine something like that. <laughs> so I got some time. Well, uh, and this was all a surprise, huh? This yeah, well, I just found out. He didn't think he was going to get a pass to have visitors, so I just found out I could come up yesterday, hopped in the car after work, and drove up yeah. and called the show on my way up. <laughs> She'll do anything for me, man. That's I'm, great, I'm lucky, man. yeah. That's great. That is lucky. Yeah. And that is just a matter of luck. It is just a matter of luck. <laughs> Everybody points out like, oh, that you do this and that. No one knows. You're just throwing darts. And if you're one of the lucky guys, you're one of the lucky guys. Shit, I guess I am, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, congratulations to you, man. And we'll make sure we swing you around the station a little bit here, too. Thanks, man. Uh, Thank a couple you. people want to talk to you here, though. Um, uh-huh. Here is um, here's Joe in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, Ronnie B. It's uh, Joel. I just wanted to say I've been to both Iraq and Afghanistan, and I'm a Marine vet, man. And uh, you know how you can get used to almost anything? Like, I was stationed in Hawaii. Hawaii even became kind of just boring to me. 
it's the same thing. You know, you go over there, it becomes like your daily duties and all that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really not as, uh, it's imposing at first, but you can get used to anything. Humans are very adaptable and, uh, you know, the more you think about it, I know it's hard, I know it's hard coming from someone else. The more you think about it, you know, it's just going to work you up and it's really not worth it. So what you're saying, Joe, is just learn to find that routine, whatever it is, like you would in any right. job. But the thing is, is also, if you get too used to the routine, your head's yeah. not on a swivel anymore, and a month down the road, you're not looking for the oddballs that you well, might I'm not. I'm not saying you, you're not aware. Right. I'm just saying, you know, it, don't get yourself worked up here, because it's not going to help you, you know? Right, no, I understand, but thank you. You're training, and yeah, always keep your, look, I was, uh, you know, I'm an assault man, I've Right. Unfortunately, I had to deal with some of that stuff, so I understand. But yeah. uh, you know, if you get yourself worked up here, it doesn't do anything good for you. All right, Joe. Appreciate it, buddy. Take it easy, Ronnie. All right, Hicks. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? That this you seem to be lost the last couple years of your life. Oh, that this might couple. be uh, something for you to do with yourself. I don't know. You know, right. a way on, for bro. you to serve. <laughs> And give back a little bit. I don't know if I would do well in the military. Yeah. I have. I don't know if I have the discipline. I know they let some of the... not have that much discipline when he went in. No, yeah. no. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I get kicked out like I do out of most institutions. Is this still a matter of your hair? Like, you know... I ain't kind of, man. Right? He has longer hair, too, Did he? believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty long hair. I had to hit that brick wall, man, and come to a decision. Am I going to find a girl like Brooke, or am I just going <laughs> to... spend the rest of your life like Chris. Fucking rocking and rolling, baby. That's right. Killing it. All right. So we're going to work out a deal, Chris, yeah. that you're going to send them CDs. Yes, I'll send them a bunch of fucking shows, yeah. yeah. Don't lie to me. I'm not lying to you. Give me your right. fucking address, and they'll tell me how to get yeah, to you. Yeah. Absolutely, man. That's yeah, it's well. done. Well, I guess I guess we've got addresses, right, all already lined up for you. Yeah. They already know how to reach you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't you got his me. phone yep. number if you need them. Yeah. And then, you know, Brooke can stay in touch yeah, with us. Like, yeah, I'll be a permanent contact. He doesn't have an address for right. keys yet, so. All right, so then we'll yeah. do it that way. Yeah. That's how we'll do it, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. No problem. The little shock here. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we're all buddies. We're all in this yeah. together. Come on. We'll be here. Telling jokes <laughs> and fucking around. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah, getting very drunk. Yeah. I'm very drunk. Later. That's cool that you came up for the Paul F. Tompkins, though. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. I actually almost won your Pink Floyd set because I quoted Paul F. Tompkins oh. for that contest. Do you remember? And then yeah. fucking What's Your Chick List sets fire. Right. <laughs> the goddamn quote I was going to use right. that was about death with the German dude. God damn it, Liz. Oh, jerk. See what you did, Liz? You see? Yeah. You feel good about yourself? <laughs> no, that's what happened. I remember telling Brooke, I was like, oh, I'm too lazy, I'm too hungry to find this. I was looking on the interrobang, I couldn't find the the, uh, the quote she used, but I yeah. had thought of it because it was a really great quote, and you had yeah. touched base on it after she had said it. I looked for it, couldn't find it. Used the Paul Tompkins one, and I lost. All right, Zietz has already texted me that he wants to take you guys on a tour, so uh, we got to make uh, a, tour. Uh, a little break here, and we'll be back with the Talking Heads, and uh, that's going to be uh, really, really cool. Uh, so, Chris, you have anything else you need to plug? Because I'm going to take them to the end of the show. Um, yeah, just uh, go to the Interrobang to check out to get tickets for Nick Stoller Unmasked. That should be a lot of fun. It's going to be awesome. It's next Thursday, the 19th. 
It's being saved by 3.30. Go to uh, theinterrobang.com for tickets to Nick Stoller Unmasked. And it looks like everybody who's here is going to be in his next movie and maybe even starring. That's some wild I swear, shit. I mean, that's how he found most of the people who star in his movies. We're all going to be part of the Apatow crew. Yeah. Wow. That's all that's right. I yeah. to be. Yeah. Because they're not better than us. They're just different. Exactly. Right. Why aren't we in movies? We'll break right back. Run fest. This is the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez.
Well, guys, welcome back, and uh, let's get into the DVD that you've got out now. Who's, sure. Whose idea was this, Stephen? The- well, I think I think everybody in the band was aware that we had a lot of you know unseen footage. Right. Some of it was is not exactly unseen, but it's kind of rare. Mm-hmm. You know, like for example. Uh, Dick Clark's American Bandstand, which I did not remember uh, at all, and um, an incredibly hyper Dick Clark of just trying. Well, you know, he was really cool. I gotta yeah. say, uh, didn't you think so, Tina? When we, I thought when he we, was great. He uh, he was a guy such such a pro that he had done all his homework. He knew our hometowns. He knew our mm-hmm. you know our favorite foods. He, he knew everything, uh, but he just wanted to check. He had a little meeting with us before the uh, show, and he said, I just want to check that I got the correct information here. And so he was very very welcoming and nice. I think it's so great because people, you know, now you don't know him as an older guy, but here he was. He was probably in his 50s. Yeah. And the energy level yeah. that he had, people aren't used to that anymore. But yeah. for you guys, let's just say that when the Talking Heads were doing Bandstand, that had to be a, a show that you grew up watching, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So it's always weird, I think, when you get those kind of opportunities. It was also the first time we ever had to lip lip sync oh. a song, and, and we weren't used to that. And it was it was kind of weird for us because we uh, we uh, had never done it before, and and we always kind of looked down our nose at at bands that lip-synced, but when you got a chance to be on American Bandstand, you, and, you go with it. And there's no other way. All right, <laughs> it's one thing to lip-sync, but what do you do with the instruments? How are you well, not bashing the drums? Well, they they had these little rubber pads that they put on them so they wouldn't make any sound when I hit them, or very little sound. Uh-huh. So uh, everything else, you're just going along with the song, yeah. But but you're not trying to pull back and not... Come down on that, right? You no, you have to you have to act like you're really doing yeah. it. <laughs> it is a it is a, a strangely American thing. Some of the stuff too, like the stuff that you did in England with the old gray whistle stop, uh, and I've seen different things out of that. That's all actually playing, right? Yes. In fact, everything on the DVD, other than the bandstands, yeah. we're really playing. And what's great is, uh, you know, we were very fortunate not just to have a place like CBGB's, but to have the NYU Film School students located just a few blocks from CBGB's so that they they would come over to CBGB's and say, do you mind if we shoot a video of your band? And uh, we'd say, sure. Uh, and it was just for them to have the experience of doing it. Yeah, but now they're of course they're all professionals, and we mm-hmm. had to we had to get their permission to use it. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's also great, of course, uh, chronologically that it goes. You start this uh, with something you've done in the kitchen, and then the CBGB stuff. But as you follow along, you see the band get larger and the music change yeah. because of, of what we're still thinking of with radio sometimes it's hard to remember what a funk band that the talking heads really became and the music gets funkier and funkier as yeah. you, you move along and it's all just uh amazing and sometimes i think that gets forgotten as we try to give everybody their own little wikipedia page right <laughs> you know right. yeah well, well you, Wikipedia, <laughs> uh, it's not to be trusted. 
We actually just performed, Tina and I, uh, with Bernie Worrell, the keyboard player from our expanded band, who, of mm. course, is famous for his work with Parliament Funkadelic. And he was playing up in our little local uh, theater in Connecticut. And so we went down to the show and sat in with him. And it, what a ball that was. We played uh, Burning Down the House and Take Me to the River. And it was great. And Steve Scales, the percussionist, also lives nearby, so he joined us. Was and was that just time. like a fun jam, just to jump up and do, or did you guys work on it a little bit before it we, happened? We rehearsed it in yeah. the sound check just to make sure everybody was on the, in the same key, you know. It's really strange, because I was just talking with uh, Ronnie Wood and Kenny Jones have got together and doing Faces stuff, uh-huh. and how they say that stuff just comes back to them. Yeah. That songs that they hadn't played in 40 years or more, within seconds, they're right back to where they were. Yeah, And the interesting thing that they said to me was that no other experiences in between that. So it's not like they brought a level of maturity back to that music. They just went back to the last time they'd all played together. Uh-huh. Uh, music is fascinating to me for those same exact reasons. It sure is. Um, the fact is we don't really know why we uh, love music the way that we do and the way it's not even just for the performers but for the audience as well it's true everybody uh relates to music even if they say they can't sing in in tune everybody has music inside of them and and rhythm and dance they might some might be better than others because they've practiced and they've studied but it's it is a remarkable part of the of human nature mm-hmm the interesting thing, too, is like if you go into the park and there'll be an accordion player and children will, who have never really been around dance will just start to uh, flop around in front of them, enjoying themselves more than adults could. And they dance in a very David Byrne way, actually, when you really, <laughs> when you really think about it. They're just letting themselves go. So here it's at some point, even the way we feel about music, I think that we tend to put a filter up as we get older. You know, obviously musicians don't do it, but audience members, we think to ourselves, well, am I a good dancer? Can I sing? But it doesn't dawn on children at all. No, that's why I love weddings for that reason. All ages are there, and 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 it's really fascinating to watch children dance. You're you're absolutely right, and and funny how little boys will run in circles, mm-hmm. and they'll go in one direction, and little girls will also run in circles, but they'll run in the opposite uh, direction. direction. I, who, who knew? I mean, yeah. that is so weird. And it's interesting that you say. Um, you know, weddings, because remember, like with the Ed Sullivan show that was on years ago, where he would force, since it would be a family show, before you were going to get to see the Rolling Stones, you might have to sit through a ballet or something or a country act. And over the course of the night, you may find more things that you cared about than you thought, you know, coming into it. Where now it seems like we've separated ourselves so much musically. That's true. That is absolutely true. There, uh, everything is is pigeonholed into the, these, these little genres, mm-hmm. and that's what I used to love about old, you know, old school radio. And Chris has a radio show at uh, it's a public uh, volunteer thing, mm-hmm. WPKN. But they're they're allowed to play anything, and so you never know what you're going to get, which I kind of like. I kind of like that old way of 
Oh, I agree. And the odd thing is the people that don't use a lot of separation are musicians. Where musicians uh-huh. kind of like good music, don't like bad music, but don't have anything in, uh, you know, other other restrictions than that, you know? Right. Um, you're not going to find great musicians who go, oh, I, he's a great musician, but he plays in a different genre, so I don't like it. Right, right. Um, which is kind of interesting. I was actually talking about this before. If you look back in the history of people coming together in this country, integration, musicians were way on the front lines of that. That's true. And for their own selfish reasons, not for political reasons, but for the let's jam and have a great time reasons, uh-huh. you know? Right. Uh, they didn't have any leaders to tell them right. you know, that that it was a bad thing. In fact, uh, this is still the case. I mean... Um, people just naturally uh, will be integrated if allowed to by their, you know, preachers and politicians. Right. It's almost like it comes from a different part. Like one thing is completely right. political and used for right. whatever or, reasons. Or religious, you know, yeah. uh, aims uh, that are that are really politically motivated, you mm. know, in terms of people wanting to have power over each other. But I don't think that, yeah, kids don't do it um, and musicians are like kids. <laughs> yeah, they really <laughs> they are. There is a, an ability, too, to stay with that same childlike wonder that took you to music in the first place, I guess, too. Yeah, you try. Yeah. <laughs> um, but do you feel the same way as, about music as you did when you first fell in love with it and you first decided, this is what I want to do? I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I we're... we're we know a lot more about you know the business and everything, but it, when, it, when it comes to the actual art form, I think I'm still as I still get as excited as especially you know watching now you can watch the old YouTube videos. Sure, and stuff it's of like tremendous. Yeah, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, and I still get the. Just for example, I still mm-hmm. get the chills you know that I that I got the first time I heard those records, and um, uh, you know James Brown. Yeah. Um, the Beatles, the Stones. I mean, uh, I, I, I think Tina and I both feel the same way about it, and I'm sure most musicians do. It's it's like it's it's beyond loving it. It's like a, this passion and obsession that you have, and and um, uh, the 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 stuff that you loved when you were a teenager just sounds even better now. Yeah. It is funny how that's something that we never let go of. You know, that whenever you really decided to yourself, oh, music is important to me, and I'm going to not only listen to it, but I'm going to lay on my bed and read the liner notes and go through the yeah, whole thing. And yeah. wait, what do they mean by engineer who did that? All <laughs> those people, yeah. that becomes this kind of lifetime a love affair, for lack of a better word, that you have with those people. Yeah. You know, that 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 thing that you felt you never let go of. Um, when you were you guys were doing Talking Heads and the band kept expanding and expanding and getting bigger and the sound changing so much, was that also a kind of a, a frightening thought of way we're getting away from stuff? Or did you were you guys able just to give over to that and surrender to it and let it happen organically? I think um, there was never any doubt in our minds that it was a good idea for, for, from a musical standpoint. Uh-huh. Um, business-wise, it, things got a little bit more, shall we say, uh, uh, compli- complex. Right. But, but 
you know, I, we were just mentioning Bernie and Steve Scales, but all those people that we played with, they really brought a lot to the table, and that's that's why our band, our 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 kind of nerdy, stiff little yeah. new wave band, became so darn funky. It was because we were surrounded by, you know, the masters, and but and you, they laughed a lot. And, you know, Talking Heads never, we laughed a lot off stage, but on stage we were just so serious. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, but those guys were laughing all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and you couldn't. And still are. And you couldn't tell any of them what to do or how to do it. You know, that was just, no, you can't do that. Right. And, and, and that was very freeing, I thought. You know, it was like, when when people first started doing you know jazz they were children you know mm. uh doing playing in the streets for rent money and and it was very it was a very free thing it didn't become what it became later with you know bebop and fusion where it becomes all about you know mathematical intervals of, and you know very complicated uh things it, it was it was freeing and it was fun and it was and so when we added the people in the big band, that was the same kind of thing. It was kind of freeing and fun. And as the band was getting bigger, at the same time, the, the rooms that you guys were playing bigger, I mean, your popularity was accre- increasing, so the whole thing must have felt like it was getting right. larger. We could, have, we could play big places, but we intentionally chose not to uh-huh. as much as possible. That was a decision of our manager, Gary Kerfurst. He was a true rock and roll cat. Mm-hmm. Be- you know, he, he's the he's the ghost um, promoter of Woodstock. Mm-hmm. You see Michael Lang on on the camera, but but it was people don't realize this because they weren't allowed to. They didn't get filmed for the, mo- the movie Woodstock, the movie. But Mountain mm-hmm. was the headliner. And then and 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 so so this guy Gary Kerfurst he was he was about nineteen twenty years old and managing Mountain and from that he had this love that, that about for rock and roll that it had to be about you know that it should always be affordable when we played yeah. Radio City Music Hall we paid the union not to touch our stuff and we paid for the hall. Because the ticket prices, we kept the ticket prices way down so that anybody who could afford it could get it. Of course, the scalpers came in, as they still do today. But, but uh, you know, we were trying as much as possible to play for 4 or $5 mm-hmm. to always make it really, really accessible to kids, you know, young people who are going on a date. And, uh, and so we would play these smaller places, too. Um, we never really got above the 2,000 seaters, except when we would play these giant festivals, or when the police would not sell out a place, so they would need somebody to come and uh, help them out, you know. And so we would just go and like, then the, then the stadium would sell out. But but otherwise, we were playing 2,000 seaters, mm-hmm. you know, 2,000s at the most, maybe, and and then the festivals. Uh, which were big, but otherwise it was always intimate. How was that? I mean, you have some of the Us Festival stuff on here, and yeah. Yeah. that was such a massive... Yeah, that was about 250,000 people. And when you get in front of an audience like that, does it, does it not even start to make sense anymore when it gets that large? Oh, it's fun, you yeah. know, because 
because you know people cut loose in mm-hmm. those situations and there the most fun thing for us of those fest, those festivals is not just the energy of the crowd but what happens backstage is <laughs> yeah, really funny yeah. you know with all the egos and the people, you know, insisting that they won't go on before this guy, and blah, blah, blah. And that's really funny to watch. That, yeah. that, that particular thing, the Us Festival, uh, I'll tell you a little story that was hilarious that we witnessed. And um, we're all backstage, and we got our trailers and our little sun decks and everything, and plenty to eat and drink. And the kinks were supposed to go on. It was the middle of the afternoon, and they didn't want to go on. They wanted to wait a little while. And... Bill Graham was having an argument with their manager, uh, the great Bill Graham, and he he said, "You know what I'm going to do?" And he's uh, and the manager says, "No, what?" And, and he said, "Wait, wait right here." And he went and he got a forklift and he picked up the manager's Mercedes SL and he started driving it towards the little man-made lake that they had built yeah. backstage <laughs> and he was just right on the edge and about to drop the Mercedes SL into the pod with, and the manager says hold on we're going to go on we're going to go on right uh, that kind of stuff is just, kind of funny. Just now knowing, like, for, you know, younger people, I'm sure the word Bill Graham is like hearing P.T. Barnum or something, you know. So just the fact that you guys have had that opportunity, even to be around some of those legends, is amazing. You yeah, know? it's great. To have your own personal Bill Graham story, just every year on from this will be uh, wilder and wilder. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at all the great bands, the greatest yeah. band that hasn't re grouped, reformed, and went back out on tour is the Talking Heads. There's no doubt about it that everybody that it's all still there for, the audience is still there. I'm sure that if I made two phone calls, everybody would be congratulating me. If if I could announce (laughs) it today, I could make the deal for this tour. Will you think it'll ever happen? Well, we were talking about it as we walked down 6th Avenue and mm-hmm. went by Radio City Music Hall. And we, we remember how great that was. Yeah. Um, you know, it, frankly, uh, I think it's a marvelous idea, and mm-hmm. I'm in favor of it. And um, we're just hoping that one day uh, our, our singer comes, you know, wakes up and says, you know, I should give Chris and Tina Jerry a call, and we should do something together. We we keep hoping that'll happen, but um, you know. Well, one of the things on this uh, DVD is when you guys got back together for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, and it's right there again. I yeah, mean, it, it is fun. right there. Yeah, you can uh, you can feel it. It's happening. That's the, the to me. The saddest part about this is that nothing has changed. It's a matter of turning a key. You know, it's not like we've lost different members or whatever. Right, right. And when something like that does happen, then it'll be heartbreaking when someone wants to put the band together. No one could have done it all this time. Yeah, I, I remember how I felt about the Beatles breakup. And I, I feel really bad for the fans. I mm-hmm. wish there was something I could do, but, you know. Well, my producer, up to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, my producer's here. He's 27. You're one of his favorite bands, and of course, he's never had the opportunity to see you guys play. And that's the strangest thing that you guys do have a generation of fans who were not around 
when this music came out when you toured. Oh, yeah. Sad but true. Yeah. yeah. Our kids didn't even see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got to see us at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, Day, that but, was. <laughs> but of course, that's, that's. And they said, "Oh, that was about that was the a, first time that there. That was their introduction to Talking Heads, pretty much." Is that, that, was, that right? That was yeah. at the Waldorf Astoria, so it was, a, and everybody was wearing tuxedos, so it was a little stilted, but, but we still rocked the joint. Yeah, you did. Um, well, thanks so much uh, again for stopping by, and I cannot believe too that all this. Uh, footage is together. Do you have a favorite uh, song of anything or a favorite performance that's up on here? Well, uh, I think my personal favorite is the the, uh, Psycho Killer at CBGB's. CBGB's. Because that was, I mean, that was only the second or third time we played. And um, so it's very young, but I I remember how I felt that night, and I was so excited to be there, and and we we looked good. We looked great. <laughs> was it really only the second or third time you guys played? Yeah, I've been playing well, bass about uh, five months. In, That's insane. I know. Yeah. I know. It was insane. But uh, we we did insane things back then. <laughs> and one of the great things on this, and I don't want to give away too much for people who want to be surprised with it, but the fact of uh, Seymour Stein talking about yeah. hearing you guys from the street. Here it is, your third night playing together, and hearing it and being drawn in to listen to this band. I mean, um, you know, I don't know how much anyone believes in fate, but it does this. If it was in a movie, that would even be a little bit of a corny scene, that a couple of kids could get together, and suddenly there's a guy from a record company. It was pretty amazing, but that's Seymour Stein. He was the only one. Yeah. Uh, He he actually came to the side of the stage and asked me if I needed some help, you know, lifting my amp back down, and I, I, I... I, I said thanks. I can handle it because I knew I I shouldn't I shouldn't you know get any help or David would would get really angry with me <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't you know holding my own. Uh, but um, but that's that's Seymour Stein. You know yeah. that he would he was that way in about music. Going down to CBGB's that night when I found the Talking Heads. I was down there to see the Ramones, who I had just signed. It was a beautiful night in November. It was almost like spring. And I was standing out there with Lenny Kay, the guitar player in the Patti Smith group. And all of a sudden, I hear music coming out. I felt myself just moving more and more till I was inside the door and I was riveted. I'm the best. Cause 
that he'll tell you is true and he remembers when Madonna came to the hospital he was having heart surgery and Madonna couldn't wait and she and and to to meet him and she made him sign like on like on some like hospital gauze or something you know (laughs) and then you know a little little contract that you're gonna you know I'm gonna make a record with you so all these stories are absolutely true, and that was what it was like back then. I don't know what you know, what it could, could be again, um, but it was definitely there weren't a lot of um, you know I- intermediary people. Uh, somebody would know someone else, and it was just it was just a very lucky time. And I think there were fewer people, you know, on the planet as well. <laughs> right. So it made it a lot easier. Uh, than it than it is for kids now. I mean, there's so many bands now. Yeah, and you know, there's also a lot of people who, even back in the 70s, waited five, ten years before they could make a record deal or, you know, oh, a couple sure. of Oh, sure, in excess. They were ten years together yeah. before they, you know, had a record that, that did anything. But the other interesting thing, too, is when you look at the CBGB scene that was happening at the time, uh, you guys didn't look like you 
belong there. No. And what's really <laughs> great, I mean, there is a certain look to Talking Heads in the early part of this, yeah. where you're particularly trying to be, I think, unpunk. Was that done on purpose? Well, yeah, everybody else was sort of emulating the New York Dolls mm -hmm. or the Rolling Stones or so something like that. Or Marlon Brando. <laughs> right. Yes. And, and so we thought, well, they're so good at that. Maybe we should just wear the clothes our moms gave us for Christmas. <laughs> and, and sure enough, people really did notice that we were nerdy. Right. <laughs> and it's not, not Tina, but yeah. the guys. <laughs> uh, but it's fascinating to be known for a look, like you said, that you would, would just be real life. Yeah. Instead of, uh, you know, dressing up for the show that night. Right. Um, it's, but you know, when you get beyond all that fashion, the real thing that works in this is just uh, the music. And I think by the time that you kick into uh, Cross-eyed and Painless, yeah. and you're starting to really feel the band change, uh -huh. and you get away with as much as you love that early early sound of the Talking Heads, making that leap and going in a different direction is, I think, why it's a legendary band.
You know, it's a legendary. There, there's a well, I will say who it is. Pearl Jam just did some long DVD with Cameron Crowe, and you don't. They were great when they started. They're great now, but you don't see that strange arc uh-huh. that you see with the Talking Heads. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that that's where a big part of the artistry that you guys had a comfortable place and were willing to leap out of it is amazing. Uh, and we me. had good, like you mentioned, Seymour. Seymour was willing to give us the time to develop. You know, mm-hmm. we, we didn't have hits right out of the box or anything like that. We 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 had we had the time to develop our thing. You know. How long before you started getting radio airplay? Did it take a while? or? Well, I think we got uh, uh, some like college radio on the first record, but, but it was Take Me to the River by Al Green that was our first first time we cracked the top four. The national yeah. radio. And, uh, uh, and probably because it was an Al Green song, mm-hmm. you know, which, which is, and it's a great song. And then oddly, when MTV came along and pushed a lot of the 70s acts away, you guys just got even bigger, you know, that it's actually worked for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we had, uh, a, a, we understood the power of visual yeah. stuff and... Uh, so we were, we were, we went for it, you know. Uh, and you can you can see that in these live performances. Well, it's uh, it's very uh, great to have you guys back in here. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. And it's a pleasure. I honestly, we've got to get another tour going. We Whatever do. Whatever we need to do to get. We that will to be touring in the fall with uh, Tom Tom Club, which is also an excellent band. They are a terrific live. If band. I do say so myself. Yeah. And, we, and we we have a new. EP, which we just completed, which will be out this summer. So maybe we can come back and see you when that's. I'd out. love to have you come back and play live sometime if you like to. That would be that great. Would be super cool. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time through. Okay. Bye.
Houston? Heard about Detroit? Heard about Pittsburgh, PA? I ain't got no peanut butter. But that's okay. Ain't got no groceries, no peanut butter to last a couple of days. But I ain't got no speakers and I ain't got no headphones and I ain't got no records to play. Oh, I'm gonna shoot in the sky. I changed my 